Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Yo, 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 what up? This is Rocky Asuka Romero of Chaos, and you are listening to Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get-go, boy Yeah, from Tampa Bay to the Tokyo Dome This is Keeping It Strong Style With your hosts, Jeremy Donovan And the young boy, Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style The ace of podcasts on the Social Suplex Podcast Network Jeremy Donovan here with the young boy, Josh Smith and our G1 Pick'em winner, Reddit user, Why Did You Do That Bro, a.k.a. Samson. On today's show, we'll be reviewing Destruction and Kobe, answering your questions, and covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns over at socialsuplex.com. This episode of Keeping a Strong Style is brought to you by PowerSlam TV. PowerSlam TV is an independent wrestling streaming service with over 5,000 hours of wrestling from companies across the world. Use the promo code SOCIALSUPLEX to get your first month free. Also, make sure you check out our Pro Wrestling Tees store, ProWrestlingTees.com slash SOCIALSUPLEX, and that's where you can get your your official Keeping It Strong style t-shirt. And like I mentioned, we have with us a Reddit user. Why did you do that, bro? His, his uh, shoot name is Samson, so from now on we'll be referring to him as Samson because it's quite a mouthful to say, why do you do that, bro? Samson the Strong. <laughs> All the time. So Samson, welcome to the show, man. Uh, thank you for having me uh, all the way. I mean, I'm even... Uh, compared to the other guests, I'm sitting right here next to you this time, so I'm not via satellite or whatever, you know. Yeah, man, you're alive here in the dojo. Yeah, this is uh, pretty great. Like we, when we kind of like put this offer out, you know, for the winner to, um, you know, do the show with us, like we weren't expecting for the winner to be in Florida and to be, why did you do that, bro? Or, or to be Samson and to 
be able to show up live and in color and like here we are we're in the dojo and i mean what do you think of the dojo i mean like all the freaking mats all the all the punching bags <laughs> all punching bags yeah. yeah yeah this place is great yeah i mean <laughs> i mean yeah sure a lot ready to train him <laughs> I, don't know, I guess i don't know i mean we, we had a training session earlier when he first got here yeah we made him do 100 hindu squats beat him with kendu sticks yeah it's yeah. great i think i could uh win the next young lions cup on <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice uh before we get started um why don't you tell everybody uh how you started watching new japan uh okay um well started when nakamura and aj styles left the ww i mean the New Japan Pro Wrestling and went to WWE and I pop up in the news feed, oh, AJ Styles, I used to watch him back in TNA a while back and then I was like, well, what's he been doing? So I find New Japan Pro Wrestling and I fall in love with guys like Naito and eventually Suzuki when he came back a year later and Kenny and all of these great guys, Michael Elgin and um, then eventually... Michael Elgin, a great guy. (laughs) In the ring, at least. Uh, Not his plan. Yeah. Uh, So then eventually, in time for Wrestle Kingdom 12, like a lot of other people probably listening to this podcast, I started watching full-time and got New Japan World, and I've been watching every show ever since, and it's been great. Amazing. We've been, uh, you know, we're excited that, like, you were the actual winner. I mean, you've been interacting with us on the message boards and on Reddit for, like, quite a while. And, like, I was like, dang, if it wasn't going to be me who won this uh, G1 contest. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. So who is your uh, favorite New Japan pro wrestler of all time? I'm probably going to have to say Naito. I mean... Mm. Uh, this is going to be a rough show to review. <laughs> I, I, I like Jay White probably about the same amount now, but yeah, Naito was people. A lot of people got hooked on Kenny and the Elite, but I thought Naito was the yeah, most charismatic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess yeah, uh, I got hooked on Naito, and I, I thought he was the most charismatic, and I enjoyed his matches. Like, I just gravitated towards Naito, and then I gravitated towards towards guys in Elijah like Hiromu and. Uh, Jay when he came back at the Tokyo Dome last year yeah. and all that yeah nice and uh, what's your uh, favorite match of all time I have went back and watched a lot of matches from New Japan uh, some matches from 90s 80s but nice not like I, I was gonna say probably I like a lot um, Wild Pegasus versus Great Sasuke but Super oh, Jacob nice. <laughs> nice. awesome but you guys talked about that um few weeks back or whatever well, what are your thoughts on it is that your favorite uh new japan match yeah because i feel like that style of junior wrestling from there uh, it felt so different from everything else mm-hmm. and it's not as fast paced as it is today no but i don't know I, it's just everything felt like it had a purpose and a meaning and the spots where they were going off the top rope they, they felt impactful and they could end the match at any second like uh pegasus one with like a side slam kind of thing off the top rope so yeah it's it's amazing how like from that era the junior matches were just a, a bit more i don't want to i don't want to say grimy because that almost makes it sound like it was like shindy and it wasn't but like there was there was more of a cutthroatness to it like more of a hard-hitting aspect and i mean if you're familiar with benoit's work you kind of know what i'm talking about just like how he brings that calgary style that like world of sport just like hard-hitting style and a lot of those guys from that era and Sasuke doing the crazy bumps that he would take. Like, I love that match. Yeah, but uh, I'm going to have to say 
the, one of the greatest rivalries in New Japan pro wrestling history. My favorite match has got to be Tanahashi versus Okada, King of Pro Wrestling 2013. Ooh. Oh, nice. That's a good yeah. one. Yes. I, I've watched, I went back and watched all of their matches like in order in like a day. So, I mean, <laughs> I didn't get burned out. So, by the time I got to that one, oh, I, I, they had four matches in 2013. And I think yeah. this was, personally, I think this is like the best one overall because after this match, I think that's when Okada really started to surpass Tanahashi and become the actual ace of New Japan. And Tanahashi was like healing it up a lot in this match. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the crowd didn't exactly want to boo him, but they did in the end a little. So uh, yeah, I, I just love that match a lot. Yeah, I, I love early Tanahashi when he would play the heel. Like a lot of newer fans aren't as familiar with him like stepping into that role and like that was something he used to do regularly especially when he first ascended to the top spot in japan but um he'd kind of been uh detached from that for a while around the time of that feud and he kind of had to go back to that and um who's it that put out those show buckle those yeah show show buckle buckle videos videos. man whatever happened man those videos are awesome i think you can still watch them they're on um vimeo Either Vimeo or Daily Motion, one or the other. But like, yeah, if you've never, if you're not as familiar with the entirety of the uh, Tanahashi Okada feud, you should watch the Showbuckle videos. Like that, yeah, I agree. I think that that's the uh, the most defining feud of the last decade for New Japan. And I mean, what like put them on the map? I mean, you can point to a lot of great rivalries, but man, Okada yeah, Tanahashi, Okada Tanahashi, man, that's kind of like the bread and butter right there. That's what kind of pushed New Japan towards that right now, bro. I mean, for me. Just speaking personally, from all the times we've been to like New Japan shows and what we've seen live, I think the moment that's even more so than like anything else was the moment that I saw Tanahashi and Okada standing in that ring in Dallas and the way the crowd reacted to it, like for the first like, you know, 15 seconds, 20 seconds, I was like, dude, yeah, oh my God. That was a very special moment. And you know, um, talking to like Ricky from the Ricky and Clive show here on the network, he says, man, yeah, that, that, I can, he felt like the, that kind of aura coming through the yeah. screen and like how special that moment was. And like us being there alive, man, like it was just great. Just breathing. And I was in. sober, so like I really got to take it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. So that's awesome, man. So uh, I, before we move on, I just wanted to ask. So you won our G1 contest. You obviously had a lot of the right answers. Where were you getting your source info? Who was feeding you these answers? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I who, guess I'm who's, just who's, your, who, who's your connect in Japan? Ghetto himself. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> how, how else would I be sitting here today? You know? <laughs> um, no, I, I don't know. I just. I feel like it's if you just go night by night and predict going in order of the matches, you know, I don't think you're going to do very good at all. Mm. But you have to think of the overarching stories that are going to take place. Like I, I thought about Moxley, and I, I predicted his undefeated run and then his downfall in the end, losing to Goto and Juice and Jay and Yano. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can't think of these matches because if you just this is one match, you have to think of it as an entire match with a story. The whole way through because there's each block has one main story mm. in the a block it was the underdog story of ibushi coming in injured losing the first two and then coming back to beating the champion and going to the final and then in the b block it was jay and naito both having bad starts and then finally meeting and against all odds their match was the match that would decide the b block um 
I didn't get everything exactly right. I mean, I got you were close. Yeah, I mean, you're pretty accurate really along the close. way. I mean, you missed obviously a couple. I mean, nobody had a perfect bracket, but uh, obviously, out of all the brackets, you had kind of had the the path kind of laid out, and you had that Abushi Jay White final um, coming on to the end there. Here, here's the real confusing thing: you keep saying something about stories. I've been told that New Japan doesn't have stories. Yeah, all the people you know on the uh, the Twitterverse they tell us that uh, New Japan doesn't have stories. What, what are these stories you're talking about, Samson? <laughs> uh, maybe I'm just imagining it. <laughs> oh man! Sounds but, like your melts are explaining these stories to us. <laughs> well, well, actually, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's good stuff, man. Um, so before we get into such good as shit, uh, before we get into uh, Kobe. There was some Young Lions Cup matches that happened on September 18th, 19th, and 20th. On uh, September 18th, we had Ren Narita defeating uh, Yuya Yomura, 8 minutes 37 seconds. Uh, also on that day, we had uh, Alex Coughlin defeating Clark Connors via submission. Then on the 19th, we had Umino defeating Suji. Uh, also on the 19th, we had Fredericks defeating Michael Richards from the Fale Dojo. Then on the 20th, we had Alex Coughlin defeating Yumura via submission. And then on the last match on the 20th, we had Suji defeating Michael Richards via submission, which kind of brought us into Kobe, where you had Narita 5-1, and one, um, Umino 5-1, and, and Fredericks 5-1. and one. So those were the kind of the three uh, young lions who were kind of in play coming into the final night. So overall, have you guys... Uh, felt about this year's Young Lions Cup. Go ahead, Samson. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I'm going to prefer you. <laughs> all right. Well, I haven't. I said it before we started, but I haven't w- caught all of these uh, video on demand matches from the uh, uh, Road Two shows. But the televised Road Two shows and the uh, main Destruction shows, I, I've caught the matches, and I, th- I thought they've been great. And um, I didn't think it was going to end up the way it did. But because of the amount of, of push that Shota Umino has been getting with the pairing with Moxley and all. But overall, all of these young lines shined in their own way, except for Michael Richards. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> young boy? You know, I, I, I said it before on this uh, show, my favorite uh, tournament. And I think part of it's just because of the novelty, the ease of um, viewing and also like the implications that it brings for the future. I love the Young Lions Cup. It's one of my favorite, if not my favorite New Japan tournament. I sure as hell like it a lot more than the King of Ring. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in all seriousness, this um, they, tr- they did a really good job with this year's tournament. They treated it like it was a little bit more important than they had previously with the uh, previous iteration back in 2017. The matches were just excellent, man. I mean, Six to ten minute matches, easy watching. I mean, we're we're not saying anything we haven't already said before. I mean, if if you didn't watch this, it's an easy watch. It's incredible, and we kind of got to see the progress of a lot of different guys, guys that we haven't seen a lot of, like these LA uh, Dojo Young Lions. We got to see what they're made of in singles action. We got to kind of see the progression of uh, Yuya Moore, who kind of was a revelation in this tournament. And, you know, Narita and Umino show why they're at the top of this class. And then even with some of the other guys like Suji, um, you know, kind of it brings questions. What's going on with Suji? Why yeah. isn't he where he was before? And does Michael Richards even be- belong in this uh, 
you know, class of young lions and what's going on in the, in the Fale dojo that he doesn't seem to be on the same level as all these other guys, you know? Yeah. And I perfectly agree with you. Also highly enjoy the tournament. Like both of you guys, Michael Richards, I was not impressed. I've mentioned that over the last two weeks, just not that great a physique. Clearly there's a clear skill gap between him and the, uh, New Japan Young Lions and the LA Dojo Young Lions. I think it's his movements. A lot of it has to do with his movements and his instincts. Right. Very kind of awkward, kind of unorthodox kind of movement throughout the ring. Uh, footwork, you know, just just not quite on the, the level of the other Young Lions. To me, even, he doesn't necessarily look comfortable in there. He doesn't look like he's used to being in the ring. Um, and I don't I don't mean to bury the guy or anything like that. And I think that there, there's probably some promise there. I mean, obviously, they see something in him. But watching him interact with a lot of these guys, he didn't look like a pro wrestler. Uh, you know, maybe that's too harsh, but that's kind of how it came off to me. I don't know. Yeah, and, and, again, I don't know how much experience he has, how long he's been at the Fale Dojo, how many – Matches he had. I know he was at the uh, Southern Showdown shows on I think it was the second night in mm-hmm. Melbourne um, So he probably doesn't have a, a lot of matches under his belt and I'm sure if he kind of Continues in the dojo system get more matches. He'll get better But in a tournament like this when you have you know some elite young lions He definitely stuck out like a, a Thor a sore thumb and obviously, you know the LA dojo young lions have all looked great Coughlin Connors and Fredericks have all been great. I've really, I think out of the three, I know Carl Fredericks kind of gets all the buzz, and he's tall, good-looking, guy's going to be a superstar one day, but I really have been digging Clark Connors, um, just high intensity. I think I mentioned last week, he kind of reminds me of Chris Benoit, just the kind of the body size, the build, the chops, and just how intense he is in the ring, and uh, I think um, he's, he has a bright future as well, and uh, Coughlin's been doing pretty good as well, and then also, obviously, Narita and Umino, top of the uh, New Japan Dojo. Those guys have been killing it. And then uh, Yumura, like you mentioned, Josh. I mean, Yumura, he obviously didn't have the uh, best record in this tournament, but he showed a lot of fire, a lot of energy, had some really good matches, and showed a lot of promise. For, for you, Samson, watching these young Lions, and you've been watching for a couple years now, I mean, who stands out to you? Who's caught your eye? What are your opinions on that? I think Yuya Uomura has... I wouldn't say he's going to be the big company favorite like someone like Clark Connors or Carl Fredericks or Shota Umino, but I feel like he has like a really bright future ahead of him. Like He has a, the look, he has the body type for someone that can either fit in both divisions, like maybe start off in the junior mm. heavyweights, move up to the heavyweights like some other New Japan pro wrestlers have. Um, I feel like he's going to have a very bright future in New Japan pro wrestling. Nice. Yeah, I, I completely agree, and I, I agree with you as well, Jeremy. I think you the guy that stood out to me during the first tournament, obviously Kitamura was very uh, impressive winning a couple years ago, and at the time Kawato, and you had, you know, um, Oka. Those were kind of like the guys at the top of the class, but the guy that stood out when we watched it was Narita. Narita yeah. was having the best matches night after night during that first tournament, even though he was losing every night. And he, like, was just – he was excellent. And Yuya Yumura reminded me a lot of him being, like, that plucky young upstart. And, I mean, this guy's just – he's got – He's got all the tools. He's got all the tools. But, um, yeah, I loved it. Do, do we want to give grades to these guys or we want to jump into this destruction in Kobe? 
Uh, let's do great at the end of. Actually, what do you think? Should we let's, do? This? Let's let's talk about these young line matches. Let's start destruction of Kobe, and then when we get done with them, let's 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 give grades to these guys. Okay, Does that so, sound good. Yeah, sounds good to me. So uh, destruction and Kobe opened up with Yuji Nagata, Yota Suji, and Yuyomura taking on Manabu Nakanishi, Alex Coughlin, and Michael Richards. Uh, I mean, pretty solid, open, basic match, you know, <laughs> with your young lines and your New Japan dads kind of in there. Uh, you know, Nakanishi, man. <laughs> Bro, Nakanishi. Oh, my God. You know, we always hear stories about, like, wrestlers being like, you know, I got a bad leg. Protect my leg, brother. Like, watch out for my shoulder. I'm pretty sure Nakanishi was like, Nagata, watch out for my entire body, brother. Just take care of me out there. <laughs> Nothing works anymore. <laughs> yeah. Go, go light on me, brother. Uh, but yeah, so we had that opening matchup there with um, Nagata's team getting the win. Um, actually, it was uh, Suji who got the win for the team. He did that um, swing, the big swing into the Boston Crab and picked up the win for his team there. What do you think about that one, uh, Samson? I think Suji is maybe underperformed a little bit compared to his previous matches in this um, Young Lions Cup, but... He's, he needs a finisher, man, like a big power move because Shota and Ren Narita, whether they go an excursion or not, have to be close to graduating in some way pretty soon because they've been part of the Young Lion roster for a long time now. So uh, Suji and Uemura are about to become the senior members of the Young Lion class. So Yeah, like we mentioned, uh, Suji not kind of uh, let, let us down this tournament. And honestly, I thought this was one of his better matches uh, the whole tour and all this. I agree. This was a multi-man match, but so yeah, yeah. I um, you know, I've been trying to grow my hair out to look like Yota Suji's, and now I'm like second guessing that decision. Maybe I, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have done that. I don't know. But um, no, this this match was fine. It uh, I just I just thought the stuff with Nakanishi was kind of funny because it's like man, it's yeah. like I know we always say this stuff, but like this is one of the first times where I really was feeling like. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I, don't know. I was hoping he was going to do a plancha. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I think we all were. <laughs> but um, this match was fine. It was it was a good opener, and you know, Suji picks up the win, and uh, we get a win for this uh, Nagata team. So yeah. So then we move on to the Young Lion Cup match with Clark Connors versus Ren Narita. Big implications. Yeah, Clark Connors is in here three and three. Narita was five and one. So obviously Connors was mathematically eliminated. Narita was still alive. This was a big match for Narita. If Narita won this match, he had a chance of winning as long as um, Fredericks would beat Umino. And then, obviously, if Clark won, that would uh, spoil Narita and uh, ruin his chances at the Young Lions Cup. And they had a very good uh, back-and-forth match here. Once again, I mentioned earlier, you know, Connor's just kind of showing his intensity, and Narita is kind of, you know, intense as well. And so this was a great back-and-forth, a lot of great uh, strike exchanges here. It felt to me a bit like Narita never got out of first gear. Like, he uh, he was starting a little bit slow, and he was trying to rev up, but, um, you know, Clark Connor's kind of, Seized the opportunity. He grabbed the the bull by the horns. Grabbed the brass ring. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. He uh he he really took it to Narita, and he had like this high level of urgency and intensity right from the get go. And um, Narita did eventually hit him with one of those overhead belly to bellies, but he just wasn't able to get it a Narita special. Um, I thought this match was good. I liked it. What do you think, Samson? Yeah. Uh, it was a good match, as you said. But I was just thinking, watching this, Clark Connors' tights. 
I mean, we saw that they were kind of navy blue, but I think that actually is a good look for him. And if he actually decided to keep that look going forward, as like one of Shibata's students, he sort of, sort of uh, kept it simple with his look. I mean, those um, navy pants, I mean, navy blue pants or whatever, they actually look really good on him, I thought, even though then he's not really supposed to be wearing those. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I'm offended by it. I, I, don't, I don't like that. He needs to be wearing all black, sir. You're a young lion. <laughs> These LA Dojo punks, they didn't shave their heads. Now they're wearing <laughs> navy. They, they they have the audacity to not be Japanese at all. What the, <laughs> <laughs> the fuck are they doing? <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, this is a pretty good match. Um, and then towards the end here, Connors gets Narita in the Boston Crab. Narita tries to fight, but then uh, Connors just uh, you know senses then sits down and bro. Narita taps out in the center, bro. NTO, Narita tap out. <laughs> uh, we we were like dead set. We we're like, oh, Narita's definitely getting to the ropes. And then he just pulled him back, sat back, and he starts tapping immediately. We're like, oh, like yeah. we, we freaking lost our crap, man. Um, yeah, Narita got knocked out. So very disappointing. Um, one thing I want to know is last week when we didn't have the official lineup, it looked like this match was going on after Fredericks and Umino, and I'm I was very confident last week. I was like, "There's no way that's happening," and uh, feels good to be right sometimes. Not all the time, <laughs> sometimes, and this was one of those times. So yeah, um, Clark Connors spoils Renarita. Yep, and so then we move on to Shota Umino versus Carl Fredericks. So both the finals. These, yeah, both these guys are five and one. So winner takes all here for the Young Lions Cup. And these guys, have, you know, obviously from the beginning of the tournament, we predicted that these two were probably going to be one of the two to win it and be the finals. And that's exactly what happened here. This is one of my favorite matches of the whole tournament. I thought this was outstanding. Yeah, this was a really good match. Once again, you know, obviously both Fredericks and Umino are both so sharp in the ring. And uh, Fredericks, man, I just like the way he moves and just uh, some of the combos he kind of puts together. Um, you know, his, his spine buster into the crab and just, um, just kind of way he moves around that jumping elbow drop that he does um, looks really good. His his um, athleticism just in the basic grappling, and he'll he just has a way to make everything so flashy with his ki- uh, 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 nip ups and everything like that. Um, yeah, man. I mean, he's he's a freaking superstar. He's got a star potential written all over him. I don't like that he's so hot. Uh, <laughs> it bothers me. It's too hot. Yeah. It's too hot. I don't like it. Uh, I, I like I like my wrestlers a little gr- grungier, grimier. <laughs> I like the death. I like the cold stare of the shooter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and um, you know, throughout this match, you know, Fredericks had the injured shoulder throughout this whole match. He uh, injured his shoulder mm. during the G1 tour. You mean he, a story? There was a story. Yeah, there was a story. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, yeah, Fredericks had had the whole tournament with the injured shoulder. So Umino, obviously, being the veteran. Young Lion um, pinpointed that shoulder and worked on that shoulder a lot and was going for arm bars and arm and shoulder submissions. I was sure that he was going to try and win the match with uh, some kind of arm submission here. Uh, but it came down to um, that spine buster combo I was talking about into the uh, single crab. And uh, Freddie just sinks that in and Umino taps out and Carl Fredericks is our Young Lions Cup winner. What do yeah. you think about this, Samson? Yeah, um, I kind of thought Shoto was going to win because... I mean, New Japan obviously has big plans for Shota Umino. I mean, they literally paired him with Moxley. Like, he was his tag partner throughout the G1. I mean, he's gotten more over in the eyes of the fans in the West. Um, probably the same amount in the fans of the uh, uh, Shin Nihon, New Japan. Uh, the, <laughs> Um, but I mean the Japanese fans. But yeah, um, I thought this match was good, and I, I like a lot that they differentiate 
the Boston crabs and that single leg. I mean, it, it looks really painful. When, when yeah, uh, it's like a single leg lion tamer, like the yeah. old Jericho. When he puts the, the knee down on the neck and it, it looks bad. I mean, like I don't want to be put in that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to have a grown man put his knee on my neck and what pull back on me like yeah. that. It's, yeah, it's not, uh, it's not the vibe. It's not the move. Um, but... Yeah, when we were watching the show, too, you know, get, like, freaking stretched like that, <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God, is is Shooter about to tap? And then he did, and I was like, oh. Yeah. My, my heart sank, bro. And then I realized, like, if Narita would have won, <laughs> he'd be the he'd be the freaking young lion young champion. Lion champion. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, the first ever Gaijin Young Lions Cup winner ever in history. I mean, this was pretty historic, and um, what I really loved – at the end of this match is they bring out this giant trophy, which I'm a, I'm a mark for giant trophies. They bring out a giant trophy, give it to Carl Fredericks. He's just like looking so cool. And he bows to like Shuto Mino and uh, Shoto Mino is just like got a bloody nose and he's just crawling and like, he's just so angry and he's like pounding the mat and he's really selling like the heartbreak and desperation of this, this match. And you know, when uh, Fredericks leaves, Shoto Mino, they're trying to help him out, and he's just, like, pushing everybody off, and he's just, like, really, really selling the defeat. And I'm like, it wasn't quite Okada losing in the Dome, but, man, it's been a while since I've seen somebody, like, look that dejected and lost. It's been a while. Like, yeah. And I, I thought he did a really good job, like, the way he, he walked out, and I was like, uh, they can build off this. For, for years to come Like this is the first step Of like A really good feud I know we were joking It's like you know Wrestle Kingdom Like 25 <laughs> U- U- Umino and Fredericks For the IWGP title What Wrestle Kingdom Are we at? Uh, 14 14 I could do it like Two years These guys are ready man <laughs> These guys are ready Yeah uh, But yeah You know LA Dojo Young Lions going over Bro what the freak Yeah man The LA uh, Dojo Have kind of won the feud here Bro they murked The Tokyo Dojo guys Like Yeah Dang. <laughs> so So let's let's do grades. Let's talk about it. All right. So grades. So let's start with the uh you wanna start from the bottom or you wanna go from the top down? Start off at the bottom. Now we're here. All right, so from the bottom, Michael Richards, he has one and six with two points. Hmm. Wait. I don't I don't want to go too harsh on him because I actually think given the position they put him in, he did okay. I don't know. C, C minus. What do you guys think? What do you think, Samson? Uh, I mean, um, I do not think I should. I haven't seen the majority or some of these matches, so I don't think it would be fair to me to grade. Give, give us your opinion on what you yeah. saw. Okay, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> oh my bad. Uh, um, I don't think I can give my opinions on the other seven, but I think I saw enough of Michael Richards that I know exactly <laughs> what to say. But yeah, I mean, I. Maybe a D. I mean, mm. I don't think. I think they did. They didn't have any other young lines, other young lines from the uh, New Japan Dojo, even ready right now to have even made that debut. So right. I mean, this he was like the only other guy they could have put in there. They could have called Jeremy. Oh, <laughs> they yeah. could have called uh, Ayato Yoshida. <laughs> uh, yeah, he he's back in um two AW, which is a. Uh, Takamichi no- Yeah, that's um. No, I know. <laughs> old promotion. Mm. He started up a new one already, apparently. But yeah, I mean, I would like Yoshida back, but he's moved on. <laughs> where Where are you at with this, Jeremy? Yeah, I'm uh, C minus. 
So I think we should split the difference. Let's go C minus on this guy. Yeah. C minus Richards. So then we have uh, Yuya Mora, who was also one in six with two points. Um, Bro, I'm like A minus. Wow. Maybe sure. maybe a B. I'll, maybe a B plus. I don't know. Uh, I think I'm I'm flat B. Mm. I'd say A. Oh, wow. I so so, so I think we should probably split the difference on that. Let's say B plus on this guy. Yeah. Or, or are we A minus? Oh, oh, I mean, both of you guys were like A, right? And I was flat B, something. I think B plus is fair. Okay. B plus is more than fair. Yu Yamura yeah. freaking rocked it in this yeah. tournament. Like, he really did. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about, like, obviously his career is always going to be connected, especially in this early phase, to Suji. With the feud they had, the fact that they debuted at the same time, the, the, the age between them, and... Um, at this point, like, you know, prior to this tournament, if you would have asked us who was the premier guy out of those two, I'm pretty sure we would have easily said Suji. Yeah. I don't feel that way anymore. Well, uh, speaking of Yoto Suji, he's next with uh, two wins and five losses with four points. C. C. Yeah, C as well. Wow. <laughs> and it's not terrible, but, man, from a guy that has shown so much promise, had so many great bouts, um, just given us a lot to be excited for. Uh, this was a bit disappointing. Yeah. yeah. Then we have uh, Clark Connors, four and three with eight points. B. Uh, I'm going to B plus. Yeah, I'd probably go a B plus too. I mean, he, he did shine a lot in this tournament. So yeah. he's a B plus player. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's the same, about the same size as Daniel Bryan. Kind of, I mean, that's another guy you could say he can remind you of because, I mean, Daniel Bryan and Chris Benoit got a lot of comparisons as well. So, yeah. So then uh, Alex Coughlin also with four wins and three losses, eight points. B minus? Uh, I, I go flat B. Yeah, I'd say about that as well. I mean, he wasn't. He was good. Yeah, yeah. he was. Uh, he, he This was his first tour in Japan, and he, he performed well. For he me. performed yeah, well. really well. So B. B. All right. And then up to the top of the block here with a five and two and ten points, Ren Narita. Mm. I would go B plus. Yeah, B plus. I agree. All right. Narita's my dog. <laughs> then we have uh, Shota Shooter Umino, also at five and two and ten points. B plus A. Uh, I think. Where it, are we? I think A. I think A too. Man, Shota. Yeah, I. You know what? He really. I think he really shined in a few of these matches, specifically the Narita match, the match with. Um, um, Fredericks, the match with Clark Connors. I mean, even the the Umora match. Like, he, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably does deserve the A. I mean, yeah. Do you think Umino's the top guy of this tournament? Uh, well, let's talk, about, let's, let's talk about Clark Fredericks. Six and one, twelve points. The Young Lions Cup winner. I got an A for Fredericks. I've got an A for Fredrick, Fredericks too. Yeah, me too. I mean, it just it's just a testament to how great these guys are that all of them are, and most of them are ending up all in the A and B plus range. I mean, they're all really great, honestly. And and not only that, hats off to the guys for performing, but hats off to the booking of this tournament. There was way more to sink your teeth into this time than previous uh, Young Lions Cup tournaments. Um, there was overarching storylines and, and narratives that were here, especially the stuff with the interpromotions between the different uh, dojos. Is Carl Fredericks our performer of the tournament, or is it Shoto Umino? That's the real question. Yeah. Hmm. I think I think it might be Fredericks, man. Yeah. 
I think it's Fredericks, man, because he came out looking so strong. He won this tournament. He looks more as as ready as great as all these guys look as far as a complete package tomorrow. If if you're Gato and you have to push one of these, let's say you got to move one of these guys up to a main event slot, put put a new slab of paint on them, give them a gimmick, and push them. Which one of these guys are you taking? Carl Fredericks. Yeah. It's Carl Fredericks yeah. all day. He's a blue chipper. He, he's Rocky Maya via 1996 Survivor Series. It's time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a little better than that. <laughs> no, he, bro, he's way better than yeah. Rock was at that point. You know what's funny? You know, uh, I'm, I'm guessing Gato was tired of all these gaijins that he signs leaving. He's like, I'm going to create my own gaijin stars. That's that. Yeah, you might have a point there. I mean, look at Jay Whiteo. Yeah. Look at Juice Robinson. The champ. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, man, what what a fantastic tournament. Like very I mean very little. I mean, the stuff we're complaining about is so minuscule. I mean, we're talking about like, you know, Suji underperforming and he's having solid matches every single night and still performing like to a high level. Like this was excellent. Yeah. Man, but to watch Shoto Amino tap out, what heartbreaking, heartbreaking, bro. heartbreaking, bro. Yeah. Moxley is disappointed, <laughs> bro. Moxley, maybe, maybe Moxley's going to beat him. Maybe that's <laughs> why. Maybe that's why he lost. He's thinking about Moxley with the MRSA and recovering. He was, yeah. he was couldn't focus. His heart was across the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. His head wasn't in the game, man. So uh, then we uh, move on here on Kobe. We had uh, Togi Makabe, Tomioka Hanma, Hanare taking on Bad Luck Fale, Yujiro Takahashi, and Chase Owens from the Bullet Club. Uh, we made a joke as this match was going on. Like, how many bumps is uh, Makabe going to take in this match? And I counted one. One flat back bump that Makabe took the whole match. So when we asked Togi Makabe, we were like, how many bumps are you going to take? He said, my name is not Togi Makabe. My, to- my name is Togi, not today. Because I'm taking no bumps, brother. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, this was, is it, it was what it was, you know, little multi-man match here. Chase got Peter came out. Yeah, we got Peter. <laughs> She's a, you know, an excellent manager. Um, she does a great job. She's led the Bull Club to uh, great success. Without her, the Bullet Club is nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, we had a crown jewel here. Hits the uh, big old package power driver on Toa Hanare and uh, gets the win. Okay, so it's like, all right, so what do we talk about this time? Do we talk about Togi Makabe being super old? Do we talk about Hama, like, not being the best health and worrying about, like, him getting hurt? Do we talk about Hanare not living up to his potential and when are they going to put a new slab of coat on him or do we talk about Chase Owens being like just so great but he needs to like be in better shape which one of those like four topics that we always talk about are we going to like discuss for this match or are we just going to did I say it all? We're going to move on. I mean, you, you said it all perfectly. I mean, we kind of drove home all those points. Or are I mean, we going to talk about Fale, like, not not delivering time uh, after time? I, I do think Chase has uh, slimmed up a little bit. He has. Um, and uh, post-match, he did uh, kind of challenge the Rock and Roll Express for the uh, Fighting Spirit Unleashed tour. It says that he, uh, you know, he's going to show that Rock and Roll is dead. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of comes out of that feud there. But it's confusing because he said rock and roll is dead, but then the leader of the bullet club calls himself the last rock and roller. So which is it? Mm. Mm. That's what I want to know. <laughs> Inquiring minds. You have, have any thoughts on this one, Samson? Yeah, I mean, you said Makabe is old, but he's like one of the younger ones compared to like Nakanishi and all them guys. But he, I mean, he's more of a part-timer now anyway with he, all the he, stuff he does on TV. He is a – no, you're absolutely right. I mean, he's part of he's more part of that like Tanahashi yeah. um, generation of wrestlers. But, you know, I mean, he's seen better days, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But you know what? 
when called upon, in all fairness, when called upon, when it's necessary, Togemakabe can go to the level that Togemakabe can go to. It's just he's mastered these multi-man matches. He knows what to do. He comes out. He's going to hit his lariats. He's going to take one bump. And it's going to be an easy bump, too. Bro, mm-hmm. the bump that you counted, I don't even know if I count that. It was off of, like, it was, it was a lariat. It was a lariat. It was off a lariat. <laughs> this man's got wrestling figured out, man. Yeah. He's got it figured out. Hot tag, take one bump, get out of there. I yeah. Mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, he has actually had some good matches in recent years. I mean, his match with Yoshihashi on night A of the, I mean, of all people, night A. I mean, night one of the A block last year was actually pretty good. I mean, he he's not the, and his IC the title match, match yeah, too. the IC title match on the anniversary show was pretty good too. I mean, he's not as he's nowhere near as bad as Nakanishi or Tenzan. I mean, he <laughs> no, can actually do these. He's not bad. Matches. He's not bad at all. It's just this is what he does. Like right. yeah. like we don't expect more. We don't expect less. Like this is his role. He's happy with it. We're happy he's with it. He's not going to overperform unless he really feels like he has to. And no. he still gets placed on all the posters. He's still one of the featured stars because he brings in the fans. Because he's, I mean, the fans that don't even watch New Japan Pro Wrestling because he's on national television and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's how we're trying to be. <laughs> trying to bring these fans in. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, next up, all right. Here, hot angle right here. That's one of my favorite matches of the night. So, we have. even a match. <laughs> it's supposed to be Hiroshi Tanahashi, Jushin Thunder Liger, Tiger Mask, and Rocky Romero taking on Zack Sabre Jr., Minoru Suzuki, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and Doki. So, we have uh, Suzuki leading down the, the Suzuki Gun Army under the ramp. Out of nowhere, Liger comes out with a jump zone, Bam. jumps this man oh in the middle God. of his entrance, starts whooping on this man, then the rest of Suzuki Gun comes out, and then the rest of Liger teams comes out. Huge melee brawl going on. Uh, Marty Asami's trying to stop this thing. He's getting knocked down all over the place. These guys are brawling all over the place. Suzuki pulls out a table, um, sets it up in the corner, um, gets a chair, nails Liger over chair shots. It's a big chair shot over the uh, head of Liger. The seat flies off. Um, and then um, he looks up to get Liger. I think he's going to get him in a sleeper uh, to set up the gotch. But then Liger hits a low blow, and Liger removes his mask. And we have Keishin Liger. And not just Keishin Liger, but old man Keishin Liger with no hair. The scariest version of Keishin Liger I have ever seen. Bro, he looked like a monster. Like, he looked like freaking Joaquin Phoenix and the Joker. Like, yeah. th- this was scary as hell. <laughs> yeah, he, he after he took that mask off, he shed his skin like a snake to reveal the demon underneath. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. What an eloquent way of putting it. He, that he absolutely did shed his skin. Like, that was, bro, I was popping so hard for this. Yep. Like, oh, my God. And, like... You know, earlier this year, we, like, went through that whole rundown on this show talking about the history of Keishin Liger. So, like, for those of you that don't know, this is ultra rare. I mean, he's only ever, like, uh, appeared as Keishin Liger, I believe, three, maybe four times. But I think it's, like, three times since 1996. So, we're talking, how many years is that? 23. 23 years, like, three appearances, four appearances as Keishin Liger. And, I mean, uh, this was crazy. This was crazy. And then, bro, he tried to freaking stab Suzuki in the head. Yeah, he pulled up this, like, dagger, knife, or spike thing. It was a spike. Yeah, and, like, literally was, like, running towards uh, Liger. and I mean, running through Suzuki. Suzuki moves, got the the knife, the spike stuck on the table. He misted the crap out of Suzuki. And Red Shoes, too. And Red Shoes. Or it was uh, Samir. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was Marty Samir. You're right. And then... um, um, 
Bro, like when Suzuki rolled out of the ring, he looked shook. Yes, I've never seen Suzuki look like this. I can't remember the last time Suzuki looked like. I mean, he was shook, bro. Shook. He met his match. Yeah, bro. This was this was incredible. And then like for these other guys like Tanahashi and Tiger Mask, Rocky Romero, they all had easy nights. Um, you know, freaking Suzuki Goon just hightailed it out of there. Then. On his way out, Liger's attacking everybody. I mean, he, he, he even hit uh, Tanahashi. He hit Tanahashi. He's hitting Young Lions. Like, he's, he's, he's just freaking belligerent, bro. Oh, and not only that, but, like, I know that we always talk about, like, Liger's old, but he can still go. Bro, he pulled off that freaking bodysuit. He was ripped to shreds Dude, under there. The bodysuit makes him look a little bit thicker than he actually is. Bro, he needs a... He needs a Oh my, he needs to just take it off. Like, bro, if he was in WWE, Vince would be like, damn, pal, let's get you in some tights. Look at him. <laughs> He's huge, vascular, vascular. I mean, he looked just as good as the majority of the roster, honestly. He did. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was actually like, so I was talking to a friend of mine earlier today, and I was like explaining the significance of Liger, and I was like, you know, if if he does like Dukishin, like he, I know he doesn't have hair anymore because he's old. Like, so what's that going to look like? It was terrifying. It was terrifying. <laughs> yeah. But in but in the most awesome and like powerful way. Like this was great. I loved yeah. this. This is one of my favorite like moments in New Japan all year long. Yeah, we had a couple questions from it too. So first from a Twitter follower at Brave Dirty Hawk, he says Kishin Liger returned. But my question is, was it too soon? Uh, versus Liger and Suzuki's one-on-one match. Hmm, I don't know. Do you, I don't know if he's gonna like. Do you think that they're teasing this? So like this is his reemergence and it's gonna come back again in a one-on-one match, or is it something where they don't want to do that? In a one-on-one match So they had to like Create an atmosphere Where it's conducive So that, that They can like Pay it off one time And not do it during The one-on-one match That they're probably gonna have That's what I feel like Might be the case There's a lot of options I guess it all depends When the match is happening We don't know exactly When this match is gonna happen I mean there's been A lot of rumors Of Wrestle Kingdom And with the way They've been kind of Holding it off It seems like it might They might be saving it For one of the nights At the Dome But then again With this Keishan Liger angle They've kind of Hit the peak again This feud So I I kind of feel like They might have to do it At King of Pro Wrestling Or maybe Power Struggle To um, get the Kind of The blow off Of this feud Yeah uh, And another thing To remember I mean It was in this Exact building That he debuted Keishin like mm. Kobe World Hall So That's I mean, true That's maybe That's the reason They've done it so early If this is, is A Tokyo Dome match Because this is a return to where he first was born as Keishin Lag, you know? Yeah. Yeah, this might be like, to me, it feels like maybe this is the one time they do it and they wanted to do it in a place that was memorable and important to him and Kobe World Hall. Like, you know, that match with Great Muda. Again, if you've never seen the, the Muda Liger match, you have to see it. It's a little overhyped, but it's still one of my favorite matches of all time. And I mean, it's incredible. You got to see it. But uh, I'm just wondering, it's like, okay. If they do this at, say, King of Pro Wrestling or Power Struggle or something like that, then maybe, yeah, maybe Kishin comes back. But um, if they end up doing it at the Tokyo Dome, I don't know if that's the last image that we want in our minds of the most terrifying (laughs) (laughs) version of Liger (laughs) before he goes out. Unless... They did this match on the fourth, and then he has another final right, match on the fifth. Yeah. Then you, then you definitely could. Um, I, I think it's too early to predict, but um, at the same time, I mean, with the reaction that Keishin Liger got and everything like that, and the way and how shook like uh, Suzuki was, 
I don't know that you don't do it again. I don't know that he doesn't bring out that great equalizer to try and even up the score and, and strike fear in the most terrifying man in wrestling, Minoru Suzuki. So, oh, man, I, I, all I know is I love this. That's yeah, all I know is this, I love this. This was great. Another question from a Reddit user WRPLA101. Does Will Suzuki die at the hands of Keishin Liger? Suzuki nah. can never die. <laughs> well, he almost got a spike in his forehead. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Suzuki's too fast for him. <laughs> uh, next question. Well, not really a question, more of a statement from Muzza says, Keishin Liger, that is all. And then a question from... That's, that's the greatest contribution that Muzza has ever brought to this show. <laughs> <laughs> Yo... Well, is it, is it weird being on the other side of things where you're not asking us a question, but we are reading off the questions of other people to you? It's kind of surreal, to be honest. <laughs> uh, Maybe next week I'll get my, another chance at asking a question. <laughs> uh, next question from our buddy Howard Schilling from the Wrestling Squared Circle. He says, are we really going to get Keishin Liger versus Zuki? And do you think they can string it out to get to Wrestle Kingdom? Or is it more realistic bet for King of Pro Wrestling? Well... Um, I don't think we're getting Keishin Liger versus Suzuki specifically because I'm pretty sure they've never ever booked a match between Keishin Liger and anybody. It's always just been an alter ego that's made its appearance in the middle of important Liger matches and feuds. That being said, we might get the reemergence of Keishin Liger during a match with him and Suzuki. Although, if they did decide to do a specific Keishin Liger versus Suzuki match, that would be freaking insanity and my suggestion is it needs to be a death match let's do oh wow let's do Keishin Liger and Suzuki death match king of pro wrestling sound off that's that's my that's my suggestion but realistically I think I think they're probably doing this at Wrestle Kingdom yeah I mean it, it seems like that's kind of been a direction all year they kind of like we mentioned they've been heating it up and then cooling it off and but once again man this angle is so hot I'm like do you, do you capitalize? And I mean, King of Pro Wrestling is already shaving up to be a huge car. Do you go ahead and put it on there and then you build up some other matches for Lager on both those dome nights? Or do you continue to kind of hold off, can do some more multi-mans and do it at the dome? Uh, what do you think, Samson? Yeah, uh, I mean, they've been building this since, what, New Japan Cup or something like that. So they've been building this for a long time and it hasn't gotten stale. It's actually been one of the best feuds of the whole year in New Japan. And if they can um, bring it up to... Uh, from however many months it is, half a year from when it originally began without a singles match with minimal multi-mans and keep it interesting and keep fan investment high, then why can't they stretch it to the Tokyo Dome? But yeah, as Josh said a second ago, if they do do the match, I think if, and it's Kishin Liger, I don't think that should be like the last time we ever see Liger in the, the Kishin and the face paint and stuff. I mean, the last shot you want of Liger is him going out in the classic three-horned mask and the red and white and black suit. I mean, I mean, I want to see Kishin Liger again, but I don't, I don't, you want to see Liger go out as Jushin Thunder Liger. Right. All right, so now we're moving on to the next match. We got Tomohiro Ishii, Yoshihashi, Will Ospreay, and Sho and Yo taking on the Bullet Club team of Kenta, Tamatonga, Tangaloa, Taiji Ishimori, and Super J Cup winner El Fantasmo. You mind if I say something real quick? Go ahead. Yeah, uh, we need to talk about the travesty that is Kenta's new theme song. It's compared to the... <laughs> I mean, he come back at the G1, returns to a Japanese promotion. I mean, not Noah. Not, he doesn't return home, but he comes to New Japan Pro Wrestling, 
comes out to face Ibushi with a banger theme. I mean, maybe it doesn't suit her heel, Kenta, but that theme was amazing. And now he comes out with some weird war drum sounding generic heel theme. Honestly, it's, 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 it sounds like when you're uh, you're playing like your SmackDown game and you're creating your wrestler and they have like some generic themes like heel generic theme too. Like you pick that for your heel. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, guys. You have to understand about wrestling. And I don't know if you guys get this or not, but like a heel is not supposed to be liked. And so... I don't know if you guys get that or not, but like he has <laughs> he has generic heel music because generating heat he wants to generate heat off you guys and it's working and so you're just yeah, simple marks yep. you guys are getting worked right now <laughs> i just wish they would use the, the bullet club theme more i love the bullet club theme yeah i i actually agree. well but here's the thing i agree with you i actually do agree but like at the same time you if he's quote unquote the number two guy in Bull Club, which he probably is, he probably needs to have his own theme to some. I don't know if they should all be coming out to it, but at least when he's having singles matches, right? But I feel like as a group, if there's, if there's more than three, if there's five, I agree. if it's five of them, why not come out to the whole the Bull Club theme? Yeah. Uh, unless like you have a guy who's supposed to be the number two guy and he's kind of struggling being the number two guy, and so you're trying to get over his theme. Yeah, that's probably why they're doing it. But mm. yeah, I gotta agree. I don't really like the. Uh, <laughs> I really like I, I really like my Meltzer explaining to you guys. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Um, yeah, and you know this this match. I don't I don't like this theme. Yeah, uh, this match was changed from the original card. The uh, Birds of Prey, well, Osprey was here, but Eagles and Abushi were supposed to be in this matchup, but because Show and Yo pinned um, Tamatonga Tangaloa during that multi man last weekend, they wanted Rapungi 3K in here with God. So kind of telling that story. Then you got Osprey and Phantasma who'll be facing off at King of Wrestling, so they were kind of. Heating that up as well, and I thought this was um, a fine tag match. Uh, obviously, things really picked up when you know Osprey was in there, and him and um, Phantasmo had some good exchanges. And of course, when Ishii was in there, um, you know the action was pretty good. Um, besides that, just kind of a um, by the numbers kind of multi-man tag. What do you guys think? Um, I thought. Uh, this match did not make me excited for either of the championship matches. It was, well, three of them. I mean, it kind of seems like they're teasing Yoshihashi and Kenta, especially after what happened at the end of the IWGP Tag Championship match last week. I mean, I don't think anyone wants to see that match, honestly. Oh, I do. <laughs> oh, of course. Um, apart from that one uh, Yoshihashi fan that exists. Um, to, to, to see Kenta bludgeon Yoshihashi? <laughs> I'm all for that. Put, Sign put, me up. Put his knee through that dome. I mean, the Never Championship hasn't had a successful defense in a long time. So if Kenta does defend against Yoshihashi, you really want to take that chance he walks away with a belt? Yoshihashi's not going to beat Kenta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yoshihashi's a geek. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so we had um, the Chaos team getting the win here with Yo getting the cradle on Tangaloa. So... That's two multi-mans in a row that Rapungi 3K has beat the current IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Gorillas of Destiny. Where do we think this is going, guys? Oh, it's going to all the way to World Tag League. I don't know. Uh, probably King of Pro Wrestling or Power Struggle, one of those two, I'm and guessing. And Maybe even Fighting Spirit. Oh, in that's America? Right. Yeah. yeah, that's a possibility. I mean, both of those teams are pretty over in America, especially G.O.D., and they did have a match the last time there was in America at um, G1 Night 1. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, in Dallas, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree with that. Um, I was excited to see Shonyo pick up another uh, win by roll-up, and, uh, you know, 
that sort of stuff is just hilarious. And then to see like Tamatonga and Tingaloa like get their heat back and lay these guys out time and time again. Yeah, post match they got the kendo stick out and wore these boys out. Do you know what that makes me think? You know what really makes me think? Hmm. It makes me think Sho and Yo are beating them for the titles. Mm. Because here's the thing: if 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 Sho and Yo were just going to lose in in the upcoming title challenge, wouldn't you want them to look really strong going into that title challenge? So you have them like roll them up and, and then, then get and out then of there. get out of the ring and escape, and so that it's like creating this sense of doubt in your mind. Instead, Tamatonga and Tangaloa are getting rolled up, and it's a fluke, and it's like it shouldn't be happening. And then they're and then they're laying the they're leaving these guys. Laying, showing you about to. They're about to put the straps on showing you. That's what's happening. I'm telling you, yeah. these boys about to be the. They're about to be the IWGP Heavyweight Champions, which I would love. I would love it. And it's I gonna would be, too. Yeah, and, and, and I think it's time. They yeah. need it. I think that's why they're going to do it. I think they're winning the belts. And it's very interesting because we do have the Super Junior Tag League coming up. Um, this the Road to Power Struggle Tour, and then the World Tag League will be following that. So. Are we going to get Rapungi 3K pulling some Osprey and being in both tournaments? Maybe. Or what if they're like, we need to focus on the heavyweight division and they're like, we're not going to be in the tournament. Mm. That's hardly any teams as it is. I don't think they're going to miss the Super Junior. You're probably right. But I, I can dream. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a boy can dream. A boy yep. can dream. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they go there. I, I'm actually very curious. Bro, I'm very curious about both tag leagues. Like, I think they have enough juniors to do... To have a, a pretty uh, compelling junior tag league, although I don't want it to be a tag league. I liked I liked it better when it was a single elimination. I don't want to have another a block another block tournament. But then um, when you when I start thinking about world tag league, I kind of get excited because most of the teams from last year are gone are gone like the majority of them. So it means like we're getting a fresh world tag league, and that's that's an exciting proposition. Mikey Nichols and Juice Robinson. Oh, oh God. <laughs> why are you guys say? Damn it, Samson. We brought you onto the show. <laughs> we welcomed you into we our dojo. You into the dojo. <laughs> Sorry, I offered you water. <laughs> oh man, but um, I'm I'm hoping that we get Rapungi 3K in both tournaments. I'm also hoping that we get Birds of Prey. In both tournaments I think I mean Osprey has been Mr. Tournament this year He's been in every tournament I think uh, getting him in You know Super Junior Tag League And the World Tag League Would be incredible Yeah uh, I think Birds of Prey are good But I mean We kind of said it during the show I'm, I'm Josh said it I'm Ishii and Osprey. I mean, they could do Birds of Prey for the Junior Tag League, and then Osprey can Eagles can probably take the tour off. I mean, he's not really. He. I mean, he might be becoming a full time New Japan talent, but he's still. I don't even know if he is right now. But I mean, Ishii and Osprey. I mean, as a lot, if Yoshihashi isn't teaming with Ishii, and that was a one time thing, and Yano is back with Makabe, then I mean, Osprey and Ishii that could be like yeah, and, the and, biggest tag team in New Japan. And Osprey and Ishii did have some kind of great double team yeah. moments during this match. And I, when I saw that, I was like, yes. Let's get it. Osprey, Ishii, let's run it. Get them in the World Tag League. I had a dream the other night that Will Osprey apologized to me. <laughs> 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 and it was literally like it wasn't until we were watching this match that I realized that that never actually happened. I've been living life for about four or five days now thinking like, man, that was really cool when Will Ospreay re- apologized to me. For the <laughs> he's just a good guy. Like he, he's just going through a hard time. No big deal. And Jeremy, you were there. You're in my dream. You, you introduced <laughs> us. Like I, I set it up. <laughs> yeah, you set it up. You're like, 
you know, you explained to him what happened. He's like, mate, I had no idea. You like <laughs> apologized to me. I felt so, I felt so accomplished. And then like, we're watching this and I was like, oh, that was a dream. <laughs> it was all a dream. <laughs> it was all a dream. <laughs> oh man. But, um, what I would like is this. Will Ospreay wins the heavyweight tag, uh, titles with Ishii. And then Will Ospreay wins the junior tag titles with Ishii. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Oh man, I saw that coming, <laughs> bro. He was smaller than Ishimori in this match. Can't tell me that man ain't a junior. I don't care. He he bowed it. <laughs> no, but um, in all honesty, Birds of Prey are freaking awesome. So yeah, yeah, yeah they're incredible. All right, so yeah, we had that post match attack by God. Kind of standing tall, getting their heat back, which brought us into the next multi-man match where we had Kazuchika Okada teaming up with his uh, current Wrestle Kingdom challenger, Kota Ibushi, and Robbie Eagles taking on Sonata, Evil, and Bushi. This is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I think we're kind of like a broken record when it comes to LIJ Multi-mans, we talk about how great the uh, LIJ multi-mans are on these cards. and it's, it's better than like having to talk about WWE and be like, this wasn't good. Two stars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, this was a pretty solid match here. Obviously, we're kind of still previewing Sonata and Okada for uh, King of Pro Wrestling. And then there was also kind of implications there with Abushi, who's currently going to be challenging Okada and then also Abushi and Evil will be facing off for the contract. The The match hasn't been made official yet, but Evil did challenge Abushi last weekend. I'm assuming it's going to happen at King of Pro Wrestling. They're kind of loading that card up there, so um, a lot of uh, story elements here in this matchup. How did you guys feel about Abushi not coming out with a renovated uh, briefcase like we expected and instead just literally carrying a contract in an envelope? I mean... Probably should have just left it in the back. It wasn't on the line. <laughs> he had no reason. I mean, everyone, no one forgot he won the G1. I mean, he just got, he just defended the briefcase, well, the the, the envelope or whatever, uh, just last weekend. So, I mean, he doesn't need to bring it out until they get him a new briefcase. Or if they even are going to get him a new briefcase, he's just going to walk around with a, a black folder in his hand for the next three months. So I don't know. Walk into the Tokyo Dome with a folder. It's an it's an opportunity, pal. <laughs> you know, maybe. a briefcase is something you carry stuff in. It's a title opportunity you know maybe he has a special like custom one that's getting made didn't get it in time and that'd be cool yeah it's like man i guess i gotta gotta show i gotta stunt with with my contract so i think if they really want to focus on the character development of uh abushi then they should like focus on how like he's forgetful and then like he loses the contract and because he actually physically loses the contract he can't defend it because he can't defend it he can't cash in on it meaning the entire like Tokyo Dome like tile defense is up in flux. The G one means nothing. This is literally something I could see happening in WWE. This yeah. is like literally something that could happen. And um, I think we need to re- westernize. I must say, it sounds like some Vince Russo crap. Yeah, it's not even WWE stuff. It's like Vince Russo like circa two thousand. Yeah, WCW. Yeah. But yeah, this was a pretty good match here. Came down to uh, Sonata and um, Eagles to the end. 
where Sonata, he gets that skull and does a big swing, and we had the uh, first botch from Okada in a long time. He was trying to hit a drop kick as Okada or as Sonata was swinging around and completely missed. That was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Then quickly recovered and hit the drop kick, but then uh, Sonata was eventually able to get the skull end back on and submitted Eagles. Now, here's the one interesting thing with that. Later at the post-match... Uh, Okada kept trying to drop kick him and he kept missing and he kept um, Sonata kept moving out of the way I don't know was this actually a botch or was this the planned outcome are they improvising and are they going to incorporate that into their future title match like Sonata has studied him and he's going to avoid those drop kicks because it's one of the most um, you know effective offensive weapons that Okada has or are they just playing off a botch like are they literally just like oh we better cover this up I don't know. I mean, these guys are so talented that if it was a botch and they probably were like, let's utilize on it, like they probably called it and called in the ring. Like, that's what we do on the show. <laughs> Every time we botch, we just call it. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe they're like, maybe Sonata was like, you know, you know, can he drop kick me or something? I don't know. Called it somehow and they did that. Or maybe it was just kind of the story like, the dropkick is going to be something that Sonata continues to evade, and maybe that was the story, the whole part of the, the whole story element that we think was a botch. Yeah, uh, I mean, even if it wasn't a botch, Arcada is good enough that he can make it look like one because that's just how good he is. But, right. I mean, I think it was probably just a bit of improvisation. Um, I mean, it was kind of funny when Arcada just straight up whiffed on the drop. <laughs> I mean, you haven't. When did he? Why would he even tr- attempt that? Like he was in the middle of the swing, he could have got hit with a uh, Eagles. He could have got smashed not in the knees or something. I don't know. There was something I saw like uh, Eagles is really good at like because he does that uh, Ron Fuller special mm-hmm. and so he has a lot of like offense that's based on uh, attacking the knees. He did like a six one nine to the outside turnbuckle to somebody's yeah. leg, and that was really that, freaking cool, dude. Rob Eagles is so much better as Bayface. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. yeah, he's been great since the turn, just yeah. like me. <laughs> um, <laughs> So uh, Sonata gets a skull in here. So like we mentioned post-match, yeah, Okada was kind of throwing the drop kicks of Sonata, and Sonata kept missing. They had their face off, and then you had Evil and Abushi facing off, and uh, Evil like smacks Abushi in the face. I thought we were going to get murder Kota. Kota chops him in the chest to kind of chop each other and kind of get in each other's face. So they're heating things up for both of these big matches right here. Here, I, okay, I know that I know King of Pro Wrestling is some ways off. I know it is, but this just. We're on the topic. I think we should talk about it. I'm going to put out my opinion. I personally am not excited for Evil versus uh, Abushi or Sonata versus Okada. Mm. And here's my reasoning. You guys can tell me what your opinions are, but this is my reasoning. First off, I'm not as big of a fan of these two guys from LIJ as other people are. I know that they're immensely popular, and there are things I like about them, and so I'm not bearing them whatsoever. But if they're going to be pushed to the forefront um i think in some people's minds they're probably thinking like man king pro wrestling's a big show they're getting these big title opportunities they're being pushed like this is a really good thing for them and on the one hand it probably is but from like a predictability standpoint and also the fact that we've already seen these matches and and in the case of sonata and okada multiple times this year it's too predictable for me to actually sink my teeth into it and I know that the matches leading up to the Tokyo Dome are usually pretty predictable, but I do like to see something that's a little more compelling. With Okada and Evil, I would almost rather they got their towel shots at like Dantaku and like Destruction, where like maybe you think that, or even like a earlier show like um, New Beginning, New Beginning, or even like one of the big ones, like what's the one in April? 
uh, Sakura Genesis. Like Sakura Genesis, like something that you're like, oh, that the title change could happen, <laughs> but like here at Camp Pro Wrestling, like we know it's not going to happen, so it's kind of hard for me to really get excited for it. What do you think, Samson? Yeah, uh, I'm not honestly. The King of Pro Wrestling card is just a whole bunch of rematches at the, this point. I mean, we've seen every um, match announced so far before, but yeah, Okada and Sonada um, have had two. Uh, 60 minute matches and a 30 minute match and I thought, thought the G1 match was by far the best one I mean because of the playing off the shorter time limit and I honestly don't even remember anything that happened in the New Japan Cup match or the title match because uh, their match from last year the title match I thought that was a great match in New that's beginning. the one that I liked the best was yeah. the, the New Beginning match from last yeah. year yeah me too but um, I think it's kind of weird that they have this streak broken of Okada beating Sonata. Sonata finally beats Okada and then they just have him lose to him right away again. I mean, I don't know. But at least this year, the main event of King of Pro Wrestling was announced like two months in advance instead of a week in advance. I mean, it's one of the biggest shows of the year, so. Oh, yeah, they had the triple threat last year, wasn't it? Yeah, with uh, Kenny, Ibushi, and Cody. Yeah. So, I mean, Jeremy, do you feel the same way as us or are you going to be the voice of reason to tell us why this is awesome? Because I I know you can see it both ways. I mean, here's the thing, like, I'll see. I know that Evil is not getting no contract from Bushi, <laughs> and Sonata yeah. is not going into the biggest Tokyo Dome show in modern history as the IWGP champion. So I, I know Okada is winning that match. So on, on that side, it's like yeah, it's kind of anticlimactic. Even all these great interactions. I already know. I'm pretty sure who's going to win, but at the same time, I think both matches are going to be really good. And like you mentioned, I mean, we're used to this now. Wrestle Kingdom season, we know that, that the dome matches are kind of locked in, and these are, we just kind of have to get through this time of the year. Um, so I'm not like down on it, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I'm not like super hyped for King of Pro Wrestling. I mean, out, out of what's been announced, I'm more looking forward to Osprey and ELP and Moxley and Juice Robinson too. So are you saying I'm being a spoiled little bitch? Basically, <laughs> is that what you're saying? I mean, I didn't quite say that. <laughs> Let me ask you: What would you prefer? Would you prefer them to give us a big money match that we maybe haven't seen before in the lead up here, knowing that even still that the the champion's probably going to retain? So, or would you rather them give us a match like this where it's happened before? We know the outcome, but these guys are just popular enough to probably pull in big enough tickets and it elevates them just a bit like what do you what would you prefer what do you think is better do you think they're making the right decision here probably from a business standpoint yeah i think from a business standpoint they're making the right decision um sonata's popularity has just uh, continued to uh soar this year he's super over the matches with okada have been great and I think we're going to get another great match here. I know it's a little early for predictions, but I, I think this match is going to a 60-minute draw, mm. and I think that kind of keeps Sonata alive. As a you credible. never do that either. Yeah. You never like give away your prediction this early, so you feel really confident. Yeah, I want to get it out there now because I know <laughs> there might be some other podcasts, other reporters that get trying, you know, to claim that. But I think it's going to be a 60-minute draw. I can see, I can hear Dave Meltzer. They might go. To th- th- they might. Yeah. <laughs> they might go 60 minutes Yeah that's probably What they're gonna do Yeah That makes sense Yeah I mean From a storytelling standpoint It makes more sense To do a draw Because I mean Sonata just finally Overcame Okada And they're running it back And like, Sonata's not gonna Walk away with the belt But a draw 
on paper it sounds good, but I don't want, think I want to watch Sonata and Okada wrestle for 60 minutes. I mean, I'm not going to say I love Okada. I think he's the best wrestler in the world right now, hands down. But him and Sonata's matches, especially the New Japan Cup and the Dontaku defense, I mean, they follow a formula. And I think they're the most generic of Okada's title defenses in the last three years, honestly. Hmm. Well, you know, if I had the book, you know, I wouldn't do either of those things. You know what I would do. No, no, no. It's still this, but these two guys are still wrestling. But you know what finish I'd book? DQ. Either that or count out. Double count out. (laughs) (laughs) We got to protect our stars. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) You you said you've been watching 80s New Japan. I don't know what 80s New Japan you've been watching. Mine has lots of double count outs. <laughs> yeah, I watched those. Um, you recommended the uh, UWF versus New Japan eliminations. Oh, that's good, good, isn't yeah. it? Those matches are good. I think Chris Bryan uh, is a little higher on them than I am. I, I love those matches. Oh, man. And they're awesome. kind of a more different change of pace than the elimination matches they do today because while you can be eliminated by pinfall and submission, they're pretty much all of the eliminations come from over the top ropes. Yes. And mm-hmm. these, this was like a big main event-style match on a big show. These these uh, eliminations they do these days are just road twos. I like I like the 83 gauntlet match between uh, between um, Choshu's army and uh, Inoki's army. It's my favorite 80s New Japan match. It's freaking awesome. Anyways, so let's... Uh, Let's move on. Let's talk about the two big matches. Yes, yeah, so we move on to the semi-main event. We had Hiroki Goto taking on Shingo Takagi rematch from the G1 where Shingo defeated Goto. And these guys went out here and had another great hard-hitting match. I just want to apologize for all the Goto fans out there. I uh, probably offended you guys last week. I said the G in Goto stands for geek, and um, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think about this match, Samson? The G for Goto stands for great. <laughs> I thought it was about on the level of their match from Final Night of B Block. It was a hard-hitting match. I mean, I'm not going to... Com- normally, repeating spots in successive matches is kind of a bad thing, but when they repeated that pumping bomber with the flip-out on uh, Goto, that was... I mean, it was just as great to watch for the second time. I mean, it was incredible, and I really enjoyed this match. Yeah, man. Shingo was killing Goto with... Those lariats and that pumping bomber man turning Goto inside out, and just some of the uh, other chops and suplexes that Chingo was delivering. Well, he was uh, taking it to Goto. I didn't think this match was as good as the one they had during the G1, but I thought it was one of the best G1 matches of the tournament. So I, you know, it's high, high, high marks. But man, I was still really high on this. I don't know, four and a quarter, maybe. Yeah, I'm, I'm like four and a quarter. I believe I gave really great. I think I gave the G1 match four and a half, I think. This uh, is good, man. Yeah, this was this was really good, hard-hitting stuff. My favorite my favorite part of the match was when they started hitting each other with successive uh, lariats, like mm-hmm. standing lariats. They are just standing there and just freaking, like, whacking the shit out of each other with their arms. And they just kept doing it, like, boom, boom. And, like, I was like, oh, my God. That was one of the most violent spots. Even though I didn't think this was the best match of the year or anything like that, I think that's one of my favorite spots of the year. They, oh, yeah, that they was They were great. just killing each other. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed this match a lot. And I thought it was going to be the match of the tour. And I think it may have been. Yeah, I think so. I think Do, it might be. Well, I think you liked that Birds of Prey and... Uh, yeah, yeah, Birds of Prey versus ELP Nishimori. This might have been my favorite match of the tour. Honestly, like I really, in, I dug the crap out but, of it. But as far as singles matches, yeah. For singles, absolutely. It yeah. Was. Yeah. This is like a 
classic never open weight championship style of match. Yeah, definitely. And um, Carl Gotch's pro wrestling. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty interesting. Uh, Shingo caught Goto with a rope assisted uh, GTR. And that was cool. And that's kind of been built up in the multi man last week. Shingo did hit a regular GTR on Goto and said that his he was going to do a better GTR to Goto. So that was kind of part of the story going into this match. Um, like we mentioned, the pumping bomber, that was such a great near fall. I, I kind of bit on that one. And uh, I was sitting there when it was happening. I was like, pumping bomber, pumping bomber. <laughs> and then he did it, and it was just, it was excellent. Yeah, then you had um, Goto uh, busting out the Shouten Kai, which was his old finisher for a great near fall. Uh, Shingo busting out the Maiden in Japan for another great near fall. And then these guys, just a lot of great counters. Uh, Goto hits uh, Ushigoroshi for a near fall. Um, and then he kind of hits that Ushigoroshi into a GTR and then picks him up. That's and, cool. Yeah, I like that a lot. And then he hit the uh, GTR, the regular GTR, and uh, got the win. I don't, I don't have anything else to add to this. You said it. This is great. Yeah. Go, go to wins. Shingo loses. I feel bad for the Shingo fans, but Shingo has nothing to be ashamed of. This was a fantastic match. Goto looks revitalized, and um, yeah, man, this is great. Yeah, Shingo won enough matches this year. <laughs> I mean, at least in a best of Super Juniors and all that. So, yeah. I mean, it doesn't hurt him at all to lose here. I mean, he has only just, in the kayfabe of New Japan, I mean, he has competed in heavyweight divisions in other promotions like All Japan Pro Wrestling. But this is, he's on new territory in the heavyweight division in New Japan. I mean, the top promotion in Japan, the, the elite, the top of the heavyweight competitors. So, I mean. The elite. Yeah. Well, hey. <laughs> which, which elite? Uh, <laughs> Not the all elite. <laughs> Here's uh, two things I want to say. Number one, you're absolutely wrong when you say this loss doesn't hurt him. All losses hurt. What do you mean a loss doesn't hurt? Wins and losses Wins matter. Wins and losses matter. <laughs> 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 Number two, um, <laughs> Samson has become our uh, go-to All Japan guy. So, yo, if there's anybody out there listening that wants to do a All Japan podcast with Samson, like. Hit he's, us up. He's we'll, ready. Let's get this started, let's man. Let's get this going. We need some good, some all Japan coverage on the network. He wants to talk about Zeus for half an hour. Trust me. <laughs> I, honestly, Zeus is actually great. I, <laughs> I, I mean, Zeus is actually really good. Honestly. Zeus but, is good. Yeah, Zeus is actually. I mean, Zeus would fit in pretty good in New Japan too. But I mean, um, the majority of the all Japan wrestlers seem like a fit for New Japan. But I wouldn't bring them over. I mean, all Japan isn't doing the best as it is. So about to talk about Suwama and oh, Suwas. So one was getting uh, kind of up there. Talk about bodyguard. <laughs> he doesn't even wrestle that much in all Japan anymore. He's more of a freelancer. So mm. let's get it going. Yeah, man. Let's get this uh, keeping it all. Joe Japan. Doring. <laughs> I mean, Joe Doring. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Yep. But yeah, so a great matchup here, and you know, clearly with uh, Goto had to get the win here based on kind of the story direction they were going for future matches, which we'll get to in a bit. Stories. <laughs> what story? You guys, keep, you guys keep talking about these stories. All I've all I've seen is wrestling. Wrestling doesn't have stories, right? There, there was no uh, twenty minute promo segments in this and during the show. The backstage skits. My yeah. favorite part was when Jay White came out and did the cutting edge right before his match with Tetsuya Naito. <laughs> we, we didn't have uh, Harold May coming out and belittle, belittling the top bay faces. Uh, Making an impromptu tag team main event, or right? Stuff. Nope, nobody went one on one with the Undertaker. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. You know, we didn't have the best in the world. Sugabayashi came out and fired Michael Craven right on the air. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. It's good shit. <laughs> it's good shit, pal. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about this main event. Yes. Which, uh, I was not as excited, but um, I'm going to kick it off to Samson because these are your two favorite wrestlers. Right. So we had the uh, New Japan. Uh, yeah, the IC Championship match Tetsuya Naito defending against Switchblade Jay White. Yeah, I thought this was a a great match, but on paper, I'm not gonna. I didn't have high hopes. Cause I mean, I I don't really honestly get super hyped in terms of the matches quality or whatever. But yeah, um, this was a great match with some great spots and a out of nowhere finish. Jay keeps proving to be one of the best rev- reverse wrestlers in all of the world. I mean, his finishing sequences are great and he keeps catching people with that blade runner out of nowhere from high fly flows and rainmakers and Oz cutters and, um, des- nearly he got him with the blade, um, the destino from the G one. I mean, eventually he's gonna, be picking people off out of midair off springboards on the floor I mean he's going to be catching people with Blade Runners every which way I mean. <laughs> but yeah this match was great uh, went nearly 30 minutes which if didn't feel that long and Jay and Naito keep trying to make each other smile but and as, as Jay said in the post match Naito was not smiling after he got his face planted into the mat at the end there <laughs> Yeah, um, interesting thing going into this match. So Naito has been undefeated in singles matches in this building going into this match, 5-0, and 2-0 and in title matches. So it, it seemed like things were kind of in Naito's favor. And like you mentioned, a lot of this build, this match was both of them trying to make each other smile. So there's a lot of that going on in this match. And uh match kind of started off kind of slow with both of them kind of playing into their characters and a lot of powdering, you know, Naito kind of stalling towards the beginning and a lot of, you know, kind of back and forth with the taunting and then um, kind of picked up towards the middle and towards the end. Well, this was somewhat of a crossroad match, just to kind of even give a little bit of background here. You know, Naito losing the G1 in the B block finals to Jay White in what many people consider to be somewhat of an upset. But as we discussed um, off the air, we talked about how, Aside from Okada, who's more protected in New Japan than Jay White? I mean, their top, you know, Gaijin heel. He's the top heel in the company. And, you know, Jeremy said it last week that, you know, when it comes to a guy, you know, in a top spot like this who promises he's going to win, you like, you don't bet against him anymore. Right. Like I said last week, yeah, you never bet against Jay White in big match situations. And that's why last week when we did our predictions, I went with Jay White. I did too And it was funny Like we were watching The pre-match promo And it came on With like my destino His destino Is my destino And he gave that look In the camera I was like He's winning (laughs) And and, you know With Jay White Being the guy That spoiled Tetsuya Naito Who you know We've talked about His trials His tribulations Going back Over two years And then if you really Want to count back I mean you can go back To the Stardust Genius days And him winning His first G1 I mean This is a When when people like Question long term Storytelling in New Japan They obviously don't know what they're talking about because this is literally long-term, multi-multi-year storytelling at the top, top level. They're not falling into this. This is something that Gato is crafting over the entire course of a person's career. This is the kind of stuff that you wish story modes in, in wrestling games were actually made out of, but they're, they can't even like fathom how great this is. And, you know, Naito's at this crossroads where we've wondered... What's he doing with this white belt? What's he doing with his career? When is he going to get, you know, to the top of that mountain? And he's got this insurmountable guy in front of him, this surging heel. And, uh, you know, 
the mind games of Tetsuya Naito, the tranquilo, the, 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 the chillness, he couldn't, he couldn't get under this guy. He couldn't beat him. And, you know, skills pay the bills. And Jay White has the skills to catch anybody on any given night. Tetsuya Naito was taking him too lightly. And he got caught. He got caught. He got laid out. Uh, even though Jay White, like, yeah, he had some interference, this was clean. And this is the second yeah, time he's beaten this guy clean. Yeah, there was minimal interference from Gato. There was a couple distractions, um, and then there was one point where um, Gato hit Naito with a chair while uh, Jay pulled the referee down, and then I hit the Kiwi Crusher. But, I mean, pretty much after Ooh, that. That was a beautiful yeah, Kiwi Crusher. Yeah. yeah, and then pretty much after that, it was... I mean, there wasn't that much interference. It was just Jay, like you mentioned, Samson being one of the best counter wrestlers there is today and just doing that. Yeah, I mean, excluding the G1 because everyone takes a loss in the G1. It doesn't matter who it is in 2019, but Jay has only been pinned or submitted one time the entire year in any match. That's less than Okada. That's less than everybody except for Shingo. But, I mean, Shingo was a junior most of the year. So, uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, Jay is, uh, I don't know how they're going to event. I mean, he's going to be, a, he's got to be a baby face at some point in his career because, I mean, he was a great baby face as a young lion. I mean, he changed his, he completely revamped his moveset when he became a heel, came back as the switchblade. He used to be doing drop kicks off the top. Yeah, I he mean, was doing, uh, you know, space flying tiger drops, dies, planchas, you know, shooting stars. Bro, in three years when this guy goes baby face, people are not going to be ready for it. <laughs> yeah, they, mean, they don't know, like, uh, the people that only know him as switchblade, they have no idea what to expect. Like, yeah. I mean, Jay, uh, is he's going to be, I think he's one of the, he's going, he's an amazing heel. I mean, people, I mean, people talk about him leaving the arena, like it's go away heat, but those aren't the New Japan fans. I mean, that love all New Japan guys. Those are the diehard Naito fans that pay to see Naito that are leaving. And that like the ones that you see on the, all over the internet on Twitter, on Reddit, all that. But, um, yeah, uh, the New Japan fans that pay to see the entire show, see Okada, see Jay, see Tanahashi, they stay. They clap because at the end of the day, they appreciate the heel work that Jay does. He is the heel that New Japan has needed in a long time. Suzuki doesn't get that heat. Naito, I mean, when he first came back as the Ingobernable, he was a big heel, getting booed, especially when he won the title. Oh, when he tossed that title? Oh, yeah. <laughs> when people were getting mad. When Bro, they were there. pissed. Yeah, so... Uh, well, Kenta's been getting that heat. Yeah, Kenta's been doing good too, but I think that is not as... I mean, that's more of a go-away heat than it is yeah. for Jay, definitely. I mean, yeah. there is real heel heat for him too, obviously. But, yeah, people that say Jay just has go-away heat, they don't know what they're talking about. I mean, the fans appreciate it. A lot of that's him. Western fans. Yeah, yeah, people understand. He is a great pro wrestler. He's a great heel. Uh, and he is a... Uh, I feel like in a few years when people people are going to come to appreciate him a lot more than they do now. Yeah. And um, like I said, I felt like the match started off kind of slow, but definitely picked up towards the end, especially that kind of last like countering sequence there where uh, the Destinos countered, um, the, the Blade Runners countered into a Dragon Suplex from Naito. And then they keep countering until Jay White just catch, catches him with the Blade Runner. And we've been seeing, man, the Blade Runner is like, one of the best finishes and new it's Japan one of the most ride. protected that's yeah. out there. If you're getting hit with that, it's over. One, yeah. two, three. And, and there was a few things. So this match, I'll be honest with you. Um, I enjoyed the match. I thought it was a good match. I actually you you know, I think I liked it better than their G one match, but I was not blown away by the match personally. Yeah, I wasn't blown away either, but I still thought it kind of got the job. 
it got the job done. And you know what? I thought it was a fitting main event. I liked it a lot more than I liked the Bushi and Kenta match from earlier, or Ibushi and Kenta match from this tour. Same here. Um, but we're, you know, the fact that we're able to sit here and talk about the character development, the long-term storytelling, and the future implications leads me to believe that, you know, we're not sitting here complaining about, you know, the delivery of the catches catch acumen between these guys. Um, I did think, you know what, you, Samson, you mentioned earlier um, when we were off air how you thought Jay White has some of the best finishing sequences of anybody. Um, I did disagree with you a little bit because I still think that the best guy out there when it comes to that is Okada. But you you talked about how, like, Jay can catch you from anywhere, and that's absolutely true. I thought they were a little, a little bit sloppy at the end, but ultimately Jay caught Naito. When he caught him, like... Like it was like a cold chill went over us because we knew <laughs> I knew it was it. Yeah, we're like oh god, he got him. Like it, I know we predicted it, but we just weren't really sure. But then like it happened, and we're like, damn, <laughs> Naito lost again. again. So that's what I was thinking just just now. In my some of the signs are pointing to a, a maybe potential another match between these two down the line, considering this a uh, double title scenario people have been throwing around so maybe is that the time where someone kicks out of the blade runner for the first time or would naito or would they save that for the i mean jay versus okada is going to be a major feud coming in the coming years in new japan the top heel versus the ace of the company so it could be okada but i think if they're going with that feel-good moment with naito getting both the belts maybe he's the one and maybe Naito doesn't get any of the belts and he just goes off. <laughs> yeah, he, we keep we keep anticipating this yeah. Naito. Uh, here's one thing. Um, so when we were in the car, we were driving um, back from a delicious dinner that we had tonight, by yeah. the way. But uh, we had an awesome dinner and then we were talking about Naito and Jay White. And I did say, it's like, you know what? If they wrestle again, that's fine. But, you know, this, was prote- this match was protected for years. They finally gave it to us during the B-Block final. And as great as the story was... I was not blown away with that match. I know some, uh, you guys might have enjoyed it a little bit more than me. I think I was a little more down on it. I like this match a bit more, but I'm not like overly excited to see Naito and Jay White wrestle again. And I think the question we had was, is it that they just don't have good chemistry? Or is it that Naito might be breaking down and he's not getting the job done this year or delivering on any... What's Where are the great Naito matches this year that you can point to? I can think of like two or three. Like the some of the Ibushi matches. Shingo. Okay, yeah, the Ibushi and the Shingo matches are immediately would come to mind. But what else? I mean Jericho the Jericho match was not even a real I, pro wrestling match. It was a lot I liked of, it. Yeah. I liked it. I forgot about that match. Yeah, I like that match. <laughs> yeah, I liked it too, but it wasn't like pro wrestling. It was a lot of outside lot and stuff of, like that. Walk so. and brawl kind of style. Yeah. I mean But there was yeah. a lot of matches this year that like either delivered lower than you anticipated, like a lot of those like uh I'm just thinking what like even the Ishii match was lower than it was before the, uh, these matches the matches with uh, Tai Chi yeah um, a lot of his G1 matches the Mox yeah match. I mean, we, we, we said in the G1 that we felt like Naito was kind of one of the underperformers of the tournament and we hear all the time people talking about how bad shape this guy is how bad his knees are mm-hmm. I mean since I've been watching New Japan this man's knees have always been taped up so um, you know, I don't know what we you know what the situation is there, or you know, like you said, is it a, a chemistry situation, or is it Naito is is breaking down? If you had a guess, do you think it's one or the other? You think it's a little bit of both, or do you think they're just say, holding back for a uh, bigger match? I mean, what do you think it is? I don't know. 
go ahead. Oh, okay, okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of a bit of both because if you look at some of the best, most highly regarded Jay White matches, the one versus Juice for the US, the IWGP heavy with Okada, the G1 final, he loses those matches. Those are like probably the three of his highly most regarded matches. And when he wins, like versus Tanahashi or versus Naito, it's a, it's a dead silence in the air of the crowd. I mean, it's meant to disappoint you. That's what I would like to believe, and I, it might be true. Hopefully, I hope it is, but Naito is getting up there in age, so, I mean, and maybe they just don't have good chemistry, but I hope for the first thing I said, I mean, uh, that would most could be the case. Yeah, I kind of feel sometimes with these two, there's more emphasis on kind of their their character work, especially in this few. There's been a lot of that whole the whole tranquilo thing, and both of them trying to like you know get on each other's nerves kind of thing. So I don't, I don't know if they're kind of playing up to that too much here, um, or what the deal is. But I, I, I kind of agree with you, Sam. So I do think it's kind of a mix of both of the chemistry and also some of uh, Naito maybe kind of breaking down. But it's going to be interesting to see, you know, going into Wrestle Kingdom, you know, everybody has their fingers crossed or, you know, saying their Hail Marys and our, our fathers hoping that Naito's going to walk out on January 5th with two titles. And we're, we're going to see, is this guy going to be able to perform at a Tokyo Dome level? Ultimately, regardless of all that, there's one really important factor that just remains the same. This guy is loved. You, you, they span to the crowd. There's flags everywhere. There's banners. There's teddy, teddy bears, bears. There's towels. Towels. There's women crying. I mean, there's people. <laughs> people love Tetsuya Naito over there. And I mean, you know, we talk about the Road Warriors pop. What about the Tetsuya Naito pop? Time and time again, I think he gets the biggest pops every, you know, consistently all throughout the year. So I mean, there's still that to, to take into consideration. Um, I know we got some questions about the... I think there's one last big topic to talk about when it comes to this match, and I know we got some questions, you know, kind of concerning it. Yeah, so first let's talk about the post-match. So post-match, um, Jay cuts one of his best promos bro, ever. I was ro- we were rolling, bro. Yeah, he was uh, making fun of, you know, the Buenas Noches and talking in Spanish. He does the... Because, uh, you know, normally Naito does the LIJ roll call. He did the Bullet Club roll call. Which obviously was way longer than Lij roll call. Literally called out every single member, including Gino Gambino. Called Juicy. Called out <laughs> Peter. Yeah. He called out Hickaleo. Everybody. I was waiting for him to call out like Bone Soldier, <laughs> Cody Hall. Uh, yeah, called out everybody and because um, kind of mocking Naito his promo and he's like he's like EJ. Yeah. <laughs> he's like. For life. Yeah, I loved that. Yeah, it was awesome. It was one of my favorite like post match promos he's ever done. Yeah, I Yo, that. when he did that, people were like start they really Ooh. were they were booing and walking out. It was hilarious. Yeah, he's like, Where y'all going? Where you going? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, he continued to mock Naito and L I J until we have Hiroki Goto arriving, making his way down to the ring and of course Jump Zone. Yeah. Run it. Jay was frustrated. It was like, no, no, you're not you're not stealing my spotlight. And then Goto just comes in, drills him down, and uh, gets on the mic and um, you know, says he's coming for Jay and that IC title. Yeah, that was great and um smart way for them to like kind of send the uh, fans home happy. You leave Goto standing tall. Um, I really liked the post match uh, press conference in the back that um Jay, Jay started talking about Goto, and he's like, just because you come out here and you jump me doesn't mean you, you, you jump to the front of the line. Like, He's like, 
I've got a winning record over you. It doesn't matter if you beat me in the G1. Like, jump to the back of the line. There's a bunch of other people ahead of you. So, like, kind of just, like, under... And then he was like, he's like, you think you get a title opportunity? You've had more title opportunities than, ever, than like, you deserve, and you keep losing. So, no, you're not getting a title shot, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's been... Fu- yeah, <laughs> that was funny. And just the whole Jay White, Goto kind of feud, so... We'll be interesting to see when that match is going to take place. And uh, like you said, Youngboy, we do have a lot of questions on here. While we were talking, a bunch of questions coming in from Reddit. So we'll get I need to, to chill. <laughs> we'll get to all <laughs> these. Um, so first, uh, Howard Chilling from the Wrestling Squared Circle. He says, it seemed like they're really pushing the concept of a double champion. Do you think they pull the trigger at, at Wrestle Kingdom? And is it Ibushi or White that does it? I think he's talking about the IWGP. I don't know that they... That he's referring to is it that they from TNA, <laughs> the they that Abyss was talking about, or is he is he referring to the International Wrestling Grand Prix? I think he's just talking about the fact with you know Naito mentioning about wanting to be double champion, Jay White mentioning he wants to be double champion, uh, Saber is now mentioning he wants to be double champion. It's like everybody's kind of coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, Tanahashi. Everybody's saying they want to be double champion. So clearly, this is a, a, a current story direction. So it's not just something that people are making up now and. Um, you know, I think that from right now, I feel like Abushi. I think he's going to lose to Okada on night one, and I think I think it makes most sense right now for it to end up being Okada and Naito on night two, and Naito wins it all. I don't know how they're going to quite get there from here, but that's what I, that's what I feel is the right direction. What do you think, Samson? I mean, last year Naito. Jericho main evented with the IC belt with Evil, so that's probably where Goto and Jay will most likely happen. King of Pro Wrestling is already a stacked card, and they're not going to run it back at Fighting Spirit so quickly, obviously. So, And Naito had a match at Power Struggle last year against Zack Sabre, a special singles match, which normally kind of work like number one contenders, and then he later in the night came out, attacked Jericho, and challenge for the belt so maybe they do Naito and maybe Zack Sabre again because he's one of the guys or maybe even Tanahashi uh Naito can I don't know win the match Jake can defeat Goto then there's the Intercontinental Championship match for the Tokyo Dome night one you know my whole thing with this is basically and you mentioned this off the air uh Samson you said before this match, you were like, you know, Jay winning makes the most sense because if Naito wins, then you have to kind of like reestablish someone for him to, def- to defend the belt against at Wrestle Kingdom. That almost doesn't make sense. Like, you know, but if Jay wins, now you've got Naito to, you know, to go after something. And obviously with Jay being one of their top stars, it makes sense that he would be in that mix. And how is he going to get in that mix if he doesn't win this belt? So yeah. that was that was good foresight on your, your part. Um my thinking, and I said this on the air a few weeks ago, I was like, you know what, with Naito, I thought he might lose to Jay White because I was like, you know, we we, we talked extensively how I thought he was winning the G1. It made the most sense. But then he lost, and it was like, oh. We were like, they're done with this guy mm-hmm. because this whole concept of a double, you know, champion and a mini tournament really hadn't come to the forefront yet. Now that it's here, it's like, well... They have. It's got to be Naito, right? Mm-hmm. Bro, it might not be. It might oh, not no. be. Yeah, <laughs> that might, would be a bad move. It, it it probably would be a bad move, but it might not. There are some people who don't think that at all. They think it needs to be Ibushi, and like they feel oh. very confident that that's the case. Um, 
And I, there's people who are disagreeing with you literally saying, nah, like on the air right now. They're like, they're like no, nah, he's wrong. <laughs> but um, I, I agree with you. I think it needs to be Naito. And I feel like this is the best way you could possibly do it. If you're, if you're going to go with Naito and you've made, you've made him lose all these big matches, yeah, he wins a lot. Yeah, he's in main events. Yeah, he's pushed as a top guy. But in a lot of big moments over the last two years, he's lost big time in big matches, in big moments when they really counted. And how do you redeem this guy? What kind of great story can you tell better than taking him to his lowest, lowest point and then bringing him through that tournament and then he bests all the top guys and he ends up uh, standing at the end of the night with two titles and that's his big moment and that's how we get there? I'm all for that. And I think that that's a great story. Um, you know, but I – Gato likes to book heart, heartbreaks, bro. Yeah. He likes uh, to book but, heartbreaks. But there's been enough heartbreak. <laughs> yeah. Bro, that's how I feel about my life. Yeah. There's been enough heartbreak. It's time, it's, it's time for a change. What about me? As you said, like, I think it makes more sense. If Naito walks into the Tokyo Dome with the Intercontinental belt, he has something to lose. When you have Naito walking in with nothing to lose, potentially wrestling two nights, I mean, it it's, provides a far greater story. Underdog Naito. He's been at some some the lowest moments of his career in terms of uh, losses in the last two years. So, I mean, having him come in with absolutely nothing and leaving with everything when Ibushi comes in with the G1 win in the contract, Jay comes in with the Intercontinental, Okada comes in with the IWGP heavyweight, Naito, he doesn't have nothing. He comes in as the guy everyone wants to win, but the guy that might not even win, people will be doubting that because of this loss to Jay. I mean... Jay White is a hard man to pass in a New Japan Pro Wrestling ring, so I mean, I think it makes more sense to have it end up like this. Yeah, I actually one thing I gotta say, I'm not convinced that it's gonna be just the four of them. I know not everyone agrees with this, but I think the fact that they've got other people starting to bring it up, like Tanahashi, like um, Saber, Saber, leads me to think that what if hypothetically, and I'm just throwing this out there, and there's been rumors that this, it's not just my idea, like I didn't formulate this, there are other people who are speculating, it might be like an eight-man, two-night tournament. So where you end up with like four matches that are tournament-related on night one, and then three who, you know, on night two, basically the semifinals, and then the final in the main event with the double titles, that's something I could actually see happening, and they've got enough big names for that to really make a lot of sense and to really fill both of those cards in a promising way. And I'm not convinced they don't end up doing that. Yeah, I, I definitely could see that happening, and I, I I'd be down for that. I think it's I kind of like that idea because I'm almost a little bit like not as into it if it's just well. Here's two problems. One, we already got. Abushi and Okada this year. We already got multiple times um, Naito and um, Jay White. And so, if we're just getting rehashed of those so that we can build to Naito and Okada with no real build up between them, that's a little underwhelming for me. The other problem is exactly what I just mentioned Okada and Naito is the most protected match in all of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, you're just going to give it away with no actual build. I'm actually not in favor of this tournament unless they start a, like hinting at it on the road to, or even like after King of Pro Wrestling, they need to start hinting towards it and yeah. start like building to it. Even if it's not like official, it needs to be in the background and in the minds and the hearts of fans. Otherwise, why do it? Because it's your most protected match. It's your biggest money match that they've had. You know, they haven't done it in two years. There's a reason for that. Yeah. I mean, 
The only thing I have, if Naito, Naito is like the, the only logical winner of this whole tournament, I mean, excluding Tanahashi, who brought it back years back, he's the first one to start this whole idea of the, the double champion. So I think if Naito ended up having to fight, wrestle three matches, I mean, as you said, yeah, he's got, I mean, Tanahashi definitely won't, probably won't be able to do that, but three matches in less than like 24 hours or just over, I mean, that's going to be tough on Naito. I mean, and he's expected to have a championship run. And as you know, Naito, he does all the tours. Fantastic Mania, best of the Super Juniors, tours where he's not needed. So how's he supposed to wrestle three high-caliber Tokyo Dome main event level matches and then turn around and be fit to defend in the belt and do these multi-mans on Fantastic Mania and all that? Yeah, I feel like once he wins the belt, they might change up his um, his uh, tour schedule. Uh, but I think you know going forward, if they kind of you know book him, I'm sure he'll be in a lot of multi mans building up to the dome. You protect him in multi mans, I think they can get him to the dome in a healthy situation, and I think he can pull it out and have the matches, and then go on to have his title run. But you don't think if they do because New Japan main events. Like this one, they're like normally thirty-minute affairs. You don't think he's going to have ninety minutes of matches if this does end up like an eight-man tournament, right? No, I think the, the some of the early tournament matches might lean towards more of the fifteen to twenty-minute range. Yeah, and then the final match, him and Okada will probably be like a thirty-minute or yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so next question comes from at the Chris Samsa on Twitter. And definitely check out his uh, site, sportofprowrestling.com. Chris, you've been probably heard his name now on New Japan Broadcast. Kevin Kelly has been mentioning a lot of his work and the stats that he pulls. He's, Chris does an excellent job of kind of pulling these uh, statistics for New Japan, AEW, and he uh, has a great website where he pulls up all these statistics on match wins and history and stuff like that. So check him out at the Chris Samps on Twitter, Sport of ProWrestling.com So his question is All signs are pointing towards NJPW Ending up with a double champion at the end of Wrestle Kingdom Do you think the title holder Defends both titles individually Going forward, relinquishes the IC Or they stay unified For some period of time Um, Well I'll just say this I think that there's a chance that They might I mean, they could do any of those, really. You know what I mean? They realistically could do either of those. My main thing is this. The IC belt is the second most prestigious championship, maybe excluding, like, the junior title that they have. Um, And I don't think it makes a lot of sense to me to, like, either unify it or handicap it by not having it defended on other shows. I would rather them get rid of, like, the U.S. belt or even, you know, God forbid, the Never belt. Unless unless we're talking about them unifying the IC belt into this title and then elevating one like, say, the Never the Never belt because you kind of need that secondary title to headline minor shows and to elevate, you know, rising stars. And the IC belt is great at that and it does a good job. So I don't know why you wouldn't um, keep it separate because, it yeah, they have too many titles in New Japan. They definitely do. But the IC title is not one of the ones that's a problem. <laughs> like, right. I mean, there's, there's a lot of rich history with that IC title. And I think it would be interesting going into next year having a guy with both both belts. And then you could do a show where, hey, the champ has to defend the title twice in one night. I wouldn't like that. They mean either. I think <laughs> not, not in New Japan specifically. That's just my – some people might like it, but that's not my taste. Yeah, I think – 
I mean, Naito doesn't... I mean, the moment himself of him walking out with two belts at the Tokyo Dome would completely solidify the title reign no matter how long it lasted. Um, I mean, the moment for him himself. I mean, but honestly, you could have him defend it as a double crown both up until, like, let's say, Don Taku, because that's a two-night show. So maybe night one on May 3rd, mm. he defends the Intercontinental. Night four... I mean, no, two... May 4th, he defends the heavyweight, and that's how you could maybe split them back up again. You can have him successfully defend one, lose the other, or something like that. Yeah. I mean, you really could go the All Japan route, and you could make it part of the triple crown. A double or triple crown, and then you could elevate another title. The only problem is the big difference there is like when you talk about the triple crown titles, the history that was behind those three belts was so deep and so vast that they. They eclipse anything from the IC belt. As great as the IC title is, it's not. No. It's, you know, it's not anywhere near those three belts that that comprise the uh, the triple crown. So I don't know about that. But um, if you want my bet, if I was betting tomorrow, let's say it is Naito that wins it. I think Naito would win. I think the next day he'd have a press conference, and I think he would relinquish the IC belt. I think he would do it in a respectful way. I don't think he would like trash it. Mm-hmm. I think he would say. You know, me and, me and this belt had a tumultuous relationship. It's now time to cut ties. Thank you for getting me to this point. And they would probably have some sort of tournament or some sort of decider for that title. And I think he would have an IWGP title reign. That's what I think would probably happen, personally. Yeah, that sounds a, probably the most likely. Yeah, it sounds reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> sounds exactly like what Naito would probably do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he don't. I mean, he's probably just pretending to like that icy belt because he can't get near the heavyweight belt. <laughs> well, isn't that what we all do when we have a girl? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So moving on. Uh, next question from Reddit user Life is a Dragon it says a little belated, but why does Jay White get so much heat from American crowds? Sure, he gets booed plenty in Japan, but I was at the Super J Cup final. And I couldn't hear most of his promo because he had to shout it over the crowd. Um, then he sends the link for the match that's on New Japan World from the Super J Cup. Play it for us. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I actually did watch that promo one match. I mean, they was chanting, please don't talk. Every time he put the mouth, I mean, the uh, mic near his mouth, they was booing like crazy. I mean. That sounds crazy because you would imagine that that particular crowd would have to be like what? Like a traveling crowd? Like diehard uh, New Japan fans. Although I'll say this, when they were some of the chants, I heard that particular crowd at Walter Pyramid uh, chanting were not things that you would typically hear from like a, a New Japan crowd. Like yeah. they were being really disrespectful, even to the heels. They were like, you know, telling them to like fuck off and like you know other things I probably shouldn't say on this show. And I was kind of surprised by that. And I was like, I don't. This might just be like a really smarky indie crowd and not yeah. not like a New Japan crowd. But um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, People don't like Jay White, though. That is true. They really don't. Yeah, he says, uh, given Japan's history of evil foreigner archetypes and the stateside popularity of Bullet Club, I'm a little surprised at how much American fans love piling on this dude. Are we just suckers for cheap heat? Well, let's be clear. The Bullet Club that's popular is not this Bullet Club. Right. This is not the Bullet Club that people love. The Bullet Club that people love was Kenny Omega. They're wrestling in Tony Khan's wrestling promotion. <laughs> yeah, right Young now. Bucks. And Cody. a lot of them are wrestling in Vince McMahon's wrestling promotion. I mean, G.O.D. is, I mean, they were apart from of all, pretty much, I mean, Tamatonka, part of all iterations of the Bullet Club, I mean. Yeah. I, I agree, but when you're talking about the people that were buying those t-shirts. The Western. Oh, yeah. The, the Western that wasn't fans. G.O.D. t-shirts. Yeah. yeah. They're, not, they're, they're not here for the Camacho shirts. They're here. <laughs> 
<laughs> See, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And it's they're, funny. They're, they're young bucks. In, in front of the show, uh, Dan Coffin, you know, we were over at his house. What was that? Um, last month for um, what pay per view we were watching? Uh, we were watching G1 and we were watching NXT. Yeah. We got to take over. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't watch We don't watch other wrestling, right? <laughs> yeah. We watch good wrestling. <laughs> yeah. So we were watching uh, New Japan. He was like, you know, I keep hearing about how popular the Bullet Club was, but it doesn't look like the same. Like, what, who are these guys? Like, this doesn't look like a top faction to me. Now, let's be clear. I like the current iteration of the Bullet Club, but it's not, you know, it, they don't have the star power that they had a few years ago. And that's just, that is a fact. Um, but regardless, I think that there is a clear distinction between the Bullet Club that fans seem to, in the West, seem to get behind and the one that they have here. I do think that the people that are like, that hate Jay White, I'm sorry to say it, but y'all some simple marks. If y'all really hate this guy that much, you guys are getting worked a little bit. You just, yeah, man, you just definitely. are. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there there's so many people, even people within Social Suplex, who have hated on Jay White and have not been a big fan of him. And here's the thing, man: like this guy generates heat. He is a great wrestler. I know that's kind of been the big complaint. Like, oh, he does not. He's he's not New Japan quality. Like, he's a good wrestler, but he he does not match the main event quality of an Okada or Tanahashi or, or that. But when I see Jay White. In these big main events, in my eyes, he's the one that delivers and has good matches. I agree. I mean, you look at this Naito match. I, I feel like Jay. Maybe we're the symbol marks because we like this guy. No, I don't think we are, man. I don't know. Me either, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you look at the, you know, those Okada match, that Wrestle Kingdom match. I know a lot of people are like, that wasn't a good match. He had some really good G1 matches this year, too. I know a lot did. of people did, but like, I liked a lot of his G1 matches a lot. And, dude, that G1 final for Bushi. Yeah, that might be my match of the year. And it might be the best match of his career. That was incredible. It was incredible. It really was incredible. So, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's just, you know, fans, he's not what they're used to. He's a douchebag. He gets mad heat. So, listen, I peed next to him in New York when we were at uh, at the Social Suplex party, and he was a lovely gentleman. (laughs) Yeah, he was there, had some wings, very, very respectable and then I was like, do you want to be on the podcast? And he was like, fuck off. And I was like, right. <laughs> why does this keep happening to me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So uh, next question from Reddit user Rambone Slam Pig. He says, is it just me or has there been a noticeably trend of zero successful tile defenses, uh, tile, tile defense runs in New Japan all year long? Is this typical or a little out of the norm? Also, why does Gato hate Naito? What about... What about Okada? What about G.O.D.? Yeah. They, those guys have had some... Uh, Juice. Did Juice have any successful time? Yeah, he's done yeah like he three. defended against Trent oh, that's Beretta, right. That's right. Beretta, Chase Owens. All, All those I, matches I didn't see. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch no, I that Trench Beretta match, and it, it was it was kind of bad. But that was one that was on those USA yeah. shows. Where yeah, they, yeah. The, uh, I beginning. never saw any of those. I mean, the fans were actually considering they got the short end of the stick when it comes to the visa issues. I mean, they was respectful and they was into the match. I mean, it wasn't a bad match, but Juice has had better matches. No, but he's right. I think that there has been a, a high trend of um, title reigns with unsuccessful title defenses, but you know. Them's be the breaks. Yeah, I mean, some, especially with the way New Japan titles are defended, it's all—it's not like in other promotions where you have a weekly TV show and you can do title offenses on TV every week or a, a set monthly pay-per-view. So it's a little bit different when title offenses aren't back-to-back or 
kind of spread out. It's easier. It's almost like the UFC in a way where yeah, it, it is. Jeremy, you hit it <laughs> right on the nail. A guy could win the belt in a fight. And then, you know, the next defense, his first defense, he could lose it. It happens it, all the time. You know, it happens all the time. And this is like a sports, it's more sports based product. It's almost like you treat it like a shoot. It's like. I know, I know about this company over in America that keeps saying that they want to have a sports based product, but they got dinosaurs and shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is this company is a sports based product. So just want to throw that out yeah. there. And then uh, you, you ain't got to win a battle royal to get a towel shot in this oh company. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Bro, it's going to be my favorite thing. I'm going to start dumping on AEW on the air, like, and I'm just going to start, like, pointing out how they're inferior to New Japan. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, like, literally obliterate, like, like uh, elite fans. They're going to just stop listening to this podcast. Our numbers are going to go way down. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I like the elite. <laughs> I am a fan of AEW. <laughs> I will be watching Wednesday nights on TNT. Well, this I, is my favorite new thing. This can be my gimmick. I love this. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to start watching if you crap on the elite. I don't care about the elite. <laughs> uh, man, but uh, also he said, you know, why does Gato hate Naito? Mm, um, well, it seems like they're about to, like, prop him up so that, uh, you know, he, he becomes a double champion. So I don't well, know if he well, does. Well, We'll revisit this question January 6th. Oh, my God. Because of if, Naito. If January, if January, like, 6th, this man does not walk out with two two belts, we're going to be like, yo, he did <laughs> he did something terrible to this man. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how much he really hates him, depending what happens after two nights at the Tokyo Dome. Uh, next question from Reddit user Zach Saber Time. It says, you guys think LIJ fans are in the field position right now? That match was badass. Both played their characters real well throughout the match. Also, RIP tournament season. G1, Young Lions Cup, uh, N1, Five Star Grand Prix are all over. Can we have 10 seconds of silence for the end of tournament season? What's he talking about? Well, he didn't mention the King of the Ring, but... But I don't know what he's talking about, sir. We've got uh, Junior Tag League. Yeah, we got, we got Junior, Super Junior Tag League. We got the World, the World Tag League. Tag, yeah. I mean, Odo Tournament All Japan is on right now. Actually, finishes tomorrow. But Nobody's yeah. going to be watching that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, one person at least. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, I, uh, Ebola. Oh, yeah. Best of Los Angeles is happening. Well, happened oh. this weekend. It's happening right now, actually, I guess. Our good friends, uh, Chris Bryan and Jeremy Tate, yeah, are there right the now. The host of Grown Men Watch This Shit right here on the network. They're over there in Bola having themselves a good time watching some uh, great action there. But, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's there's a lot of disappointed LIJ fans right now. They, you know, they keep, they've been told, I mean, we've been telling them here on the same show, you just be patient. Your time is coming. Naito's gonna get this IWGP title. Just, just wait for it. But you know, he keeps losing these big matches. It, it's hard to have have faith when he, he keeps losing. I mean, it will all work out fine for Naito in the end. <laughs> I mean, even if he just falls off the face of the earth tomorrow, I mean, he's done pretty much everything in New Japan other than the double title thing. G one twice, the IWGP heavy, the never, the junior tag, the heavy tag. The IC of like four times So I mean it's not like this guy has been completely Buried over the course of his career but I mean the last few years Except for this feud with Jericho And the G Well the G1 was like more than two years ago But yeah I mean Come January everyone's gonna be 
happy as a daisy concerning LIJ. Well, I hope you're right. <laughs> I hope you're right, Samson. Uh, next question from Reddit user Jar of Peanuts. What do you guys think of fans immediately thinking Naito is going to get a rematch with the IC title on January 4th and win the IWGP title the following night to become double champion? Is it plausible or delusional? For who? For Naito? Yeah. I think it's likely. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't see them doing this uh double tournament for any other reason other than to potentially crown Naito unless Gato's like, you know, we're all in 2020 and he's in 2030 and like he's just that far in the future we just don't we we we're just simple marks, we don't know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But like the way I see it the way I've seen it all for the past 2 years is that they they've been building to this feud between Naito and Okada. I mean, is it even a feud if they're not even booked in the match until a day before the match? And is it even really a feud? Yeah, because it's a generational feud that's been going well, back yeah, for six yeah. years. I yeah. mean, it's one chapter in a ongoing feud, but it's yeah. not an entire... I mean, you can't even really call it a chapter. I mean, well, you can, I guess. But... I'll call it a chapter. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will brave the elements and call it a chapter, <laughs> sir. Yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting what happens. You know, does he does he get an IC title match before the Kingdom, or do they wait until this tournament is established? But I definitely do think there there's a chance for Naito to walk out with both championships. I think I think they should do the eight man thing. Naito should not get in a, a title shot on the first night. He should have to win a match. Then on the second night, he has to beat both Jay White and Okada. Mm. That would be great storytelling. I like that. There's people who who don't like that. There are people. There are probably literally people right now. They're like, "Didn't Chris Jericho do that in 2001?" Hell, yes, he did. <laughs> I mean, and look where he is now. It's kind of weird. I mean, Naito in kayfabe, he's like the dark ace. He's not. Uh, he's not this overpowered. Isn't he the dark ace? I always consider him the dark ace. I mean, yeah. That's. What, I mean, I said he is the dark ace. Yeah. Um, but he's the dark ace. Like he's not the, the ace. He's not. I mean, he's not up to par with Okada in kayfabe. Like, he's just not as good as Okada. He's, ne- he's when he beat him for the belt, he he literally debuted Sonata, used all of Lij just to beat him. I mean, Naito isn't. I mean, he's more of a babyface now, so I'm sure the match will end up differently. But it would kind of take. It would be hard to suspend your disbelief to have Naito, old man Naito. Well, he's not that old, but I mean, his <laughs> knees are kind of showing their age, but have him beat not only Jay White, but one of the most protected wrestlers, and then Okada in the same night. I mean, that, that, I mean, back to back nights, sure, because you, he gets, a, he gets a, a reprieve, a break, but, but back to back in, well, in one night. Well, I mean, Okada would, would have, have a match before as well, so we don't know who Okada, maybe oh, Okada yeah. faces, I don't know, Tanahashi or Saber has a grueling match, so he comes into the match weakened as well. Yeah. I, I think this is what they need to do. I think they need to take this moment and use it as a chance to uh, catapult Okada again. <laughs> 720 day intercontinental oh, champion Okada. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man. So, uh, next question comes from at the damn implicate on Twitter. Our buddy, the implications over at. LOP Radio. He says, is Jay White making it to January with that IC title? AKA, I'm still holding out hope. It's Naito's year, damn it. Yes. Mm. What do you think, young boy? 
What's the question again? He says, is Jay White making it to January with the IC title? Yeah. Yeah, I think he is. I mean, are they really going to have Goto in the one of the semi-mains or possible main of the Tokyo Dome? Nah. I, I think Goto's going to eat a swift uh, blade runner, whether it be King of Pro Wrestling or Power Struggle. Yep. Uh, next question comes from... Uh, oh, but I do want to say this. Yeah. I would like for Jay White, for his uh, title defenses to be against the three guys that he lost to during the G1. Yano... Ishii, Goto. Mm. How are you going to have three defenses between now and the Tokyo Dome? Fuck it. <laughs> well, there's also the uh, November uh, California shows. Yeah, but that's literally right after Power Struggle, isn't it? Yeah. Why, like why are you questioning everything I say on this show? <laughs> <laughs> it's just logic. I mean. I'm just trying to <laughs> be creative, throw hope out there. Shit, <laughs> Uh, so next question I wish Senior Sombrero won this tournament <laughs> <laughs> I wish Gentlemanly Dragon was the winner Dude what happened to Gentlemanly Dragon he Gentlemanly Dragon we miss you I wish ACP was here <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm just man. playing this yeah. is great Oh man So uh, next question comes from our buddy uh, Scott Rand on Twitter He says coming out of today's finals of the Destruction Tour What are some of the matchups you think we might see On next weekend's tour of the Northeast I have no clue. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the only thing I can think of, I mean, Chase Owens says he wants to fight the Rock and Roll Express. I mean, outside of that, I'm not quite sure what they're what they're going to kind of lay out. I mean, cause everything else I've been kind of building is for King of Pro Wrestling. So, it's probably just going to be a road to show, honestly. Maybe the IWGP tag match with Rapongi 3K. Like, I don't know. There's no other belt matches they could really do, is there? Uh, I mean, they could do a never championship match. I think Kenta is going to be on that tour. Yeah, um, maybe. Listen, listeners, if you're going to be at those shows, don't listen to these guys. These shows are important. You're going you're to be blown away. Major Tokyo Dome major, implications. Major implications. <laughs> <laughs> the Rock and Roll Express are going to... They're going to deliver. They're going to deliver. Imagine if they were in the tag league. <laughs> <laughs> it might need to be. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Scott. I'm, I'm just not 100% sure what. We don't know because they haven't announced anything. We just don't know what to expect. And especially because a lot of the angles, normally we can pr- we can kind of predict based off angles, but all the a- angles have been leading towards King of Wrestling. Yeah. So these these Fighting Spirit shows are kind of like a, a road bump in between uh, King of Wrestling. So uh, I'm not sure uh, what, um, yeah, I'm not sure what they're going to do for that show. Well, I think that wraps up all the questions that I got in during this uh, recording here. Thank you guys for all the questions. Yeah, thank you for the quick turnaround. Normally, we try to give you guys um, a day or so to get questions in, but you know, we had our our G one winner here, uh, Samson, come down, drive down here, spend the day with us. We wanted to get this uh, show recorded tonight on Sunday instead of Monday. So, thank what are we you guys. Do with our Monday. <sighs> I don't know. I guess. I'm, might might have to watch uh, Vince McMahon's Vince McMahon's Sports Pro Inter- Wrestling. No, that's Vince McMahon's Sport Entertainment. Yep. Yo, I, I watched that Wednesday night show. It was pretty good. Yes, yes. Wednesday. And my favorite part was when um, Tony Khan's promotion aired a commercial in the middle of yes, their show. It was that, so that was freaking great. funny. Wait, that did they actually do that? Yes, oh, they, did. they did. Yes, yeah. it was awesome. <laughs> oh my god! Not since the days of Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did used to do that back with uh, Roar and Nitro, didn't they? Air commercials. 
I think they did, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we got one one question flying in uh, last second here, coming from uh, Maserati. He says, "What the fuck, Umino? We believed in you." Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, yeah, I think a lot. That's of not a question. That's, <laughs> well, I guess it is technically. Yeah, a lot. A lot of people uh, believed in Umino, but just couldn't get the job done. Mm-hmm. He couldn't cut the mustard, as some would say. If Red Shoes was the ref, he would have run. He would have won the match. Mm. I don't. I'm pretty sure Umino took his ball and went home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that wraps up the uh, the questions and the review for Destruction and Kobe. Now we're going to uh, jump into the news and then the recommended match of the week. Um, so first, kind of big news. Who's I, doing the recommended match of the week? Am I doing it? it it's your turn, sir. I'm doing the recommended match of the week. Yes, uh, I thought I did it last week. Didn't I do? Um, Ishii versus Naito. Yeah, yeah, Ishii versus Naito was my pick last week. So it's your turn for the the pick, unless you want to let uh, Samson make the pick. What do you what's, what are you what are you feeling? Samson, you got a recommended match. <laughs> I could think one. Yeah, I, I, I think okay. I go. I, I usually like to like really put a lot of thought into it, so I can like. Pour my heart and soul into it. I've got one. If Samson doesn't have one, I got one. But I'll, I'll defer to you. All right. So we'll do both the news, and then both of you guys can uh, think of your Compelling matches. Radio. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> uh, so first, kind of big news item: the Fighting Spirit Unleashed show that's happening in New York this coming up weekend will be airing live on New Japan World. It will be Japanese commentary only, though. So I think it's great that they are actually going to air one of these shows live um, and not be a video on demand like we had with the Super J Cup. But it is quite interesting that it's only Japanese commentary. Kevin Kelly needs a break, man. <laughs> well, they got, they got some other English guys on, on the docket. Do they? We haven't heard from Mavis Gillis in a long time. We haven't heard from a lot of these guys in a long time. They got Rocky. Caprice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, Caprice. <laughs> I, I think Caprice works for a company that uh, they're quietly uh, <laughs> separating from. Do you really think they are separating? Because I, I don't know. I think they're just as somebody who's gone through many a breakup. I can tell you they definitely are. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I can tell you that this is definitely what is happening. I mean, the telltale yes, signs are there. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's going to be very interesting to see what the relationship between Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling looks like going forward. Or lack thereof. <laughs> Especially uh, going into uh, coming into WrestleMania season pretty soon here in our home city of Tampa, Florida. It's going to be quite interesting to see what happens. Even if they're quote-unquote together, it doesn't seem very loving. They don't, they don't show affection. They're not telling each other they care about <laughs> each other anymore. No. <laughs> they, uh, they stop holding hands. They stop holding hands. Seems like I, I don't. They don't seem to be staying over at each other's place very much anymore. Like I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're, these are the dying days. Mm. So uh, next news item here. There's an interview, written interview on NJPW1972.com with John Moxley, the current IWGP US Champion. Uh, had a nice little interview there. One interesting quote, and a lot of people have been kind of asking. What is John Moxley's future and will he be at Wrestle Kingdom? And this quote came from the interview. He said, 100% I plan on being at the Tokyo Dome. I don't know who I'll be facing, whether whether I'm still a U.S. champion. But I've been in WrestleMania, in the G1, and this is the next step. Anyone who's anyone in Japan has competed in the Tokyo Dome. So I absolutely plan on being there. 
And that's another name that could be in this uh, mini tournament situation. Maybe they make the U.S. belt defended in there too. I don't know. I mean, hypothetically, if you, you do an eight-man and you're talking about big names being in it, I mean, the two outsider big names that could, hypothetically, I mean, Moxley and, um, you know, Moxley as well as Jericho. And then, of course, there's you're going to have your crazy conspiracy theorists who are like, what about Kenny? What about Kenny? <laughs> yeah. I don't think they would waste him on that. But that's, you know, those are all, I guess, fringe possibilities. Yeah. So next, we had tickets going on sale this past Wednesday, September 18th, for the New Japan Showdown in the Globe Theater that's happening on Veterans Day. Also, for the Philadelphia show this weekend, Fighting Spirit Unleashed, some additional standing room-only tickets are now available. They're 30 bucks. so if you've been kind of wanting to go to that show and you missed out the first time, Grab these thirty bucks uh, tickets, standing room only, and head out to Philadelphia for Fighting Spirit Unleashed. Never have I wished that I still lived in Philadelphia until this moment. <laughs> uh, next news item here comes from the Wrestling Observer newsletter, looking at some of the financials from New Japan Pro Wrestling. This is some notes from uh, the Bushi Road annual financial report. So New Japan. Grossed fifty million dollars during the period from August first, twenty eighteen, to July thirty first, twenty nineteen, which would be the biggest year in its history. It was up ten point eight percent from last year. New Japan drew four hundred and thirty six thousand paid for live attendance during this year, which makes it the sixth year in a row that live attendance has increased. Profits for New Japan were down from last year. Actual profits were not listed, but there was a category Bushi Road report for sports companies, which new, which means New Japan and their other sports company, Kicks Road, their kickboxing company. In that category, which is dominated by New Japan, profits dropped from seven million to five point six million. The difference is with revenue being up is that the company made more investments in visual content, all the videos, and expansion into the international markets in the US, Australia, and UK. So there's more financial notes in this past week's Wrestling Observer newsletter. But uh, what do you guys think about these uh, numbers here from the Bushi Road Financial Report? Uh, I mean, people are going to think and like, oh, the, the less educated members of the New Japan or pro wrestling communities are going to think, oh, profits are down. Look what the elite done. They messed up <laughs> New Japan. It, it, New Japan is down because Kenny isn't there. I mean, just because the profits are down doesn't mean, I mean, the revenue is up. The profits are down because they just spent more money. Like I said, they invested. It's not because of they're doing worse off financially. It's because they're Investing for in the future, then these investments are going to pay off in next year and the year after. And they've signed more wrestlers to contracts this year, like Ibushi, uh, Osprey. I think uh, like they've locked down some some names on for their roster exclusivity. So yeah, what do you think, young boy? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's um, fiscally it's a good idea for them to you know reinvest into the thing that's going to expand them world. You know. Um, internationally and worldwide and get more eyes on their um you know on their product and you know ultimately that's going to pay off more um you know i couldn't tell i couldn't really tell you with 100 percent certainty what the right thing to do here is but i mean you know new japan grossing 50 million during that period is a big deal whereas you know obviously and i mean i'm i'm not saying anything that anyone 
with half a brain doesn't know. I mean, profits dropping is not necessarily a good thing. So, but I mean, it could be, it sounds like they're investing in the areas of their business that seem to be important to them and important to expanding. So that long term is probably a good, it's probably a good thing. So let me ask you guys this. So clearly the profits are down because, you know, with these fighting spirit unleashed, the showdown shows, Super J Cup, our um, Super Showdown in Melbourne, Royal Quest. Do you guys think they should be spending mu- this much money on international uh, shows? No. No, definitely not. Yeah, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm When I was speaking, I was literally referring to the video content. When it comes to the international market expansion, I'm not against it. In fact, I'm definitely for it, but I'm for it in fiscally conservative and measured ways where it makes sense to their overall um, expansion. For instance, these shows that they're running that don't have video behind them, that don't have um, TV behind them, they don't make sense. And that don't have um, storyline um, you know, developments behind them, they really don't make a lot of sense to me. Um, because, I mean... And I said this the other week. It's like, what? So you, you run a thousand seat auditorium and yeah, you might draw like some people in the local market to you. But I mean, how much word of mouth growth is that going to grow you if you're throwing not only just doing a show, but like in many cases from the reports, some of these shows are kind of mediocre. They're not the full like New Japan experience. You're not even giving in, in many cases, people are not even getting the full authentic New Japan experience. So it's like. Do you want to throw a shittier version of yourself out to the to the international market with no TV behind it, with no real video behind it, with crappy production and unhappy fans? Like it's not a good idea. If you're gonna do this, bring your A game. If you're gonna do this, make sure you got TV behind. It. If you're gonna do it, make sure you've got like your production staff behind it and do it in a measured way. Like you don't have to they don't have to run all these shows. I'd much rather them like lock down a TV deal, lock down a distribution deal and Give us the New Japan product that we are used to getting so that they can grow this thing. Um, it's not a good look. Yeah, man, I absolutely agree with you. I think, you know, we talked about it last week, how the Super J-Cup, you know, rollout was kind of one of the biggest blunders of the year. And, you know, if if you want to do the inter- international shows, fine. But if you don't have the resources to have these things aired live or reasonably quickly with high-quality production then i don't think it's worth doing i think pick your spots come over to the states and kind of highlight situations go over to the uk and highlight situations and um you know pace them out and you know we're seeing we got this northeast tour this weekend then in uh later in november there's two shows in california so uh, we don't know what the plans are for airing those and they're only airing one of the shows this weekend so just makes you think like why do all this if nobody's gonna see it in real time especially in today's wrestling climate when you there's so much wrestling to watch and there's so many different options um you you get you got to be you know current so that kind of wraps up all the new japan news there is one other news item which contains to Jushin Thunder Liger. He had his last match with 0-1 um, on uh, September 18th in Sato before 658 fans. He teamed with former New Japan stars Otani and Takakawa to beat Daichi Hashimoto and Kazuki Hashimoto and Sean Gunnis. 
So that wraps up the news for this week. And uh, now it's time for the recommended match of the week. So do you guys have your recommended matches ready? It better be good. <laughs> Wait, you want me to do it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, since it's a destruction in Kobe, I think I'll go back three years back to destruction in Kobe. The first time Tetsuya Naito won the Intercontinental Championship versus Michael Elgin. This was one of my favorite. Mm. I think the ma- the three matches. Naito so much Elgin better match. than what I was gonna. Think. <laughs> like I think Naito and Elgin. I think those were some really good matches, especially not this one wasn't. This was their not their best match. The match they had at New Beginning. The New Beginning match. That was best match. That was their best match. But this is a significant match in the story of Naito. I mean, he first won the IC belt, and this does call back to back to the times when Naito was way more of a heel than a babyface. I mean. Ref bumps, Lij fighting everyone in the ring. I mean, even Tana- and when he wrestled better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Tanahashi and Kushida came down to fight off Evil and Bushi and Sonata. Uh, but yeah, Naito won the white belt for the first time and threw it up in the air, and just like he did the heavyweight earlier in the year, and just like Jay White, Naito won the IWGP Heavy and the Intercontinental in both in the same year. So mm, great, great pick there. Fantastic pick. Much better than what I was going to do. Oh, really? Absolutely. More relevant, more appropriate. This was great. Well, that's going to wrap things up for this week. Samson, thanks so much for, you know, being a loyal listener of the show, entering all our contests, always sending in questions every week, and then uh, making the drive to come over here to the dojo and be a part of the show this week, man. Really appreciate it. And 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 taking the Neo Geo from our lovely home. Yeah. I mean, the pleasure's mine. I mean, I'd just like to say thank you to you both, Josh and Jeremy, and because you guys provide for all the loyal listeners every week, like me and many others, provide us great insight, great opinions, laughs. I mean, you guys give us all we could want from the Ace of Podcasts every Tuesday morning. So, I mean, thank you. I mean, the pleasure is mine. Uh, I do want to say this. Last week we recorded a show, and I listened to it back, and it was fine. But when we were recording it, for whatever reason, I was tired. I was not having a good week. I was, I was straight up not having a good time, yo. <laughs> but yeah, like, it felt like it didn't feel right. It felt like we had a three star match. Yeah, it felt like it, it felt like we were in the main event of a big show, and we we put out a three star match. It felt like I was in Wyoming, and I was like, or or like where, where's like or like Tacoma? I was like wrestling in Tacoma, and like the agents were telling me to do some bullshit out there. <laughs> Told me. Told you to, to work a hole. Told me to work a hole. I was like, fuck. I mean, wasn't Amazing Red versus uh, Osprey and Takarma? That was a good match. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah but, but we're talking about Vince McMahon's pro wrestling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, like, I, I left that show not feeling too energized, not too excited. But this was a, this was a really good show, this uh, Destruction Kobe. And uh, we had a really good time, like, recapping it here with you, Samson. And I, uh, you know, I dug this show. I'm digging it. Yeah, and so, you know, keep your eyes out for whenever our next contest is going to be. I'm going to win it, Troy. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. You, I'll be back. You guys have to kind of try to knock Samson off. We, we might do maybe a Super Junior contest, Tag League, maybe a World Tag League, maybe. Triple Crown. <laughs> Some old fan, yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, we'll see. And also, guys, get ready because our end of the year um, voting, our third annual Keeping a Strong Style Year in Awards, are right around the corner. Our hundredth episode is right around. Our hundredth episode is right around the corner as well. This episode you're listening to is episode ninety five. Jeez! So in five this weeks, is the long, the longest, healthiest, <laughs> most fruitful relationship I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah, so episode 100 is right around the corner. Our two-year anniversary is right around the corner. Trying to work on some surprises for you guys. Won't tip my hand just yet, just in case none of it you know, comes true. But trying to pull something big for either of those shows. So stay tuned to that. Stay tuned for contests. Uh, stay tuned for the year in voting that will be coming out in a, about a month's time as we wrap things up with October and November. So, uh, once again, that's going to do it. Next week, we'll be back to preview the New Japan Road and to review the Fighting Spirit Unleashed show that's happening in New York. Make sure you connect with us. New Japan Road. Uh, It's a show that's airing um, two weeks, not this week, but the the following week Mm. on New Japan World. Gotcha. Yeah, so make sure. Sounds like a light week. (laughs) 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 Might. Might need to might need to recap that uh, Naito and uh, Elgin match. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, based off, I mean, we'll have a, fu- a full show of Fighting Spirit Unleashed from New York, mm. so that should be a full card. And then um, previewing New Japan Road, and you know, you guys send in your your questions, and we'll get we'll get some questions done next week as well. And uh, we'll get ready. We'll preview New Japan Road, and we'll get you know ready for uh, King of Pro Wrestling coming up soon. So make sure you connect with us on social media. I am at Jeremy L. Donovan on Twitter. The show is at KI Strong Style. You can also follow us at Social Suplex on Facebook. We are Facebook.com slash Social Suplex. You can join us in the Wrestling Squared Circle group, uh, Facebook.com slash group slash Wrestling Squared Circle. On Reddit, I am the Pro Black Guy. Josh is keeping a strong style. Samson is Why Did You Do That Bro? You can email me, Jeremy, at socialsuplex.com. Make sure you check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. On Sundays, we have One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd. On Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show from Scotland. Every other Wednesday, we have our podcast dedicated to independent wrestling. Grown men watch this shit, hosted by Jeremy Tate and Chris Bryan. On Fridays, we have Get in the Ring with Danny and Beast Mike. And on Saturday, we have All Things Elite with Floyd Johnson Jr., Amy O., and Tiffany. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review. We will catch you next week on Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time.